The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for a mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the 49th edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. I am your host, Anakin. I hope you guys are all having a wonderful evening, day, night, whatever you're doing right now. This is a little bit different of a podcast than I normally do, and I'm going to keep this intro pretty short because I feel like shit. So my guest on this podcast is my buddy Ben from the YouTube channel Thoughts of a Patrol Officer. He's a good dude. He's uh, supported this page for a long time. I've known him for a little while now. And we have a kind of a back and forth on uh, different ideas and thoughts in the policing world. And I asked you guys on Instagram for some unpopular opinions. So we kind of tackle those. Uh, we brought in our own unpopular opinions. And they are opinions. I think it's good to have a fresh perspective or maybe hear what somebody else is thinking about a certain topic. And, and neither of us may be right on whatever is being said, but it was a fun episode. There's a lot of good give and take back and forth. I think you guys will enjoy it. So go check this guy out over on YouTube. Thoughts of a patrol officer. Like I said, good dude puts out good content. I think you guys will enjoy featured band with a LEO member is the band seconds to say, and I got a new song from him. The song is called forever now, and we'll be right back with thoughts of a patrol officer. All right, and the moment you've all been waiting for, I have old Ben with thoughts of a patrol officer on the horn. How are you, Ben? <laughs> I am I am fantastic. So you come to us from the, the great state of Ohio, is that correct? That's right. Um, Central Ohio, to be a little bit more specific. Okay. How's Ohio tonight? Uh, cold and snowy. Uh, we got, I don't know, what are you in the, I've heard you say Colorado before. I don't want to dime you out. No, no, I, well, I thought for a long time that I was very secretive about my location. And then one of my guests was like, no, dude, you say where you live all the time. Yeah. I live so, in Iowa. Right. Oh, now. I, you know, I, I knew that because you were talking about some beer you bought and I looked it up and it was from Iowa, but you've mentioned Colorado in the past. So I wasn't positive, but we got a lot of snow, probably not as much snow as you guys are used to. So, but it's cold and fun. 
Kids had a snow day today. Oh, it's always nice. Good. Old Ben, are you having anything to drink tonight? I am, as a matter of fact. What are you drinking? <laughs> well, I I'm drinking a, a rye whiskey and I am in a bourbon group for with a bunch of police officers where we have a guy who has some connections down in Kentucky and he went down, he'll go down and pick out a barrel for us. And then we'll all put in money and we'll buy bottles out of this barrel. And the barrel that we're drinking right now is a, a Knob Creek rye and he made some special labels for it. And it's called Rye It. This is the 2020 edition. Oh, of course it is. Riots. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's what I'm drinking tonight. Nice. Nice. I'm actually, I'm going sober, even though it's an evening episode. I'm a, I'm feeling a little under the weather. So I thought, you know, but we'll see though. Cause I do have some alcohol all over the place down here. So if I start feeling frisky, I might, I may have a shot or two. Uh, you might need a, a little something to help the conversation keep going, you know? What are you, are you saying I'm boring? I am. I'm certainly boring. So you might need some whiskey to keep this going. So how can you be boring with such a popular YouTube channel, though? I don't know. Well, it takes a lot of practice. I have to think about what I'm saying when I'm doing that. And when I'm talking to people, I don't I don't know if I'm entertaining. We'll see. You know, it does take a lot of practice. And sometimes like people will send me stuff to read. And I think I'm reading it right. And then I'll say the wrong thing. Oh, it's well, weird. It's like the worst. You know what I mean? Like when somebody pays you and then you call something the wrong name. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think I'm that much of an idiot that I would make that kind of mistake. Like if someone was paying me to read something, I don't think I could screw that up. But I will tell you that on my YouTube channel with Thoughts Patrol Officer, I try to be as genuine as I can. So I actually don't script anything. I don't write it. I just kind of have like an idea in my head and I start talking and often I'll start talking and then I'm like, Oh, that was crap. And I'll just turn it off. So like to record like a 15 minute video, sometimes it might take me like two hours. It's stressful, man. It is it's super stressful. I mean, I remember this is a little off topic, but I'll do, you know, I do reads for advertisement and stuff. And there's been some where I'm like, this is 30 seconds long and I've been doing this for like 15 minutes because my dumb ass can't say a word right. Or like I, I've done a, like one video down here and it was literally just showing down here and I recorded it like three times because I kept saying dumb shit. And yeah. like that doesn't, it's not even proper English. So it's weird once the camera gets rolling. It, it is. is, you get used to it though. Just kind of kind of like the podcast thing, you get, you get better at it over time, which compared to your first couple episodes, which I, I think I was on board from the beginning. Um, you got way better, man. I'm proud of you. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, the first one is god awful. I actually put up a poll once, and I was like, should I just take the first one down? And people are like, no, it's cool. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 bad. It's really it was really bad. So oh, if you've stuck around since then, I appreciate you. Oh. And if you're a new listener, don't don't go back. Don't listen. Well, I mean, you can if you want for entertainment purposes. You know, I've I've considered that because I I do run two YouTube channels, and the other one is a is a body camera focused YouTube channel. And when I first started, I didn't know anything about editing. And then I started doing voiceovers and things. And I, I bought a microphone. It was kind of garbage. But um, I, I thought I was doing a good job putting stuff up. But now when I go back and I, I watch those and I listen to like my voiceover, it's so cringy. And like the, the audio quality is just so garbage. I can't stand it. But I'm leaving them up there just so that people can see like where I started and kind of where I am now. And I think it's much more polished now. So, yeah, I would say it, 
the kind of the same you said for me is I think each one that goes on, it gets, you know, a little better. I think like with practice, you know, it gets, it gets better. So I've been yeah. telling my wife that for like, you know, 15 years now. And <laughs> at some point she's going to figure it out. But anyway, enough about uh, my weird sex life. Ben, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the millions of people that are going to listen to this podcast? Oh man. Um, well, I'm Ben. I'm a police officer for a, uh, a very large police agency in central Ohio. I've been doing this job for a little over 10 years now. Um, recently went to first shift. I was on third shift for the first 10 years of my career. I work a, um, an inner city precinct. Uh, we're very busy, especially when I was on third shift, just to kind of give people of other agencies, a kind of an idea of the volume of work that I do. It wasn't, it's not uncommon for us to have a shooting scene three, four times a week um, and a homicide on average, at least once a week. Um, and my nightly run volume was probably 10 to 15 runs a night. Uh, so very busy um, kind of police officer. And then after doing that for several years, thinking that I might finally have an idea of what it means to be a police officer, I decided to kind of enter the realm of uh, YouTube. And one of my goals, well, I have two goals. One, part of the videos that I produce, the, uh, the body camera stuff, I'm trying to show people what officers really do on these scenes, because there's a lot of misconceptions about when an officer responds to somebody with a mental health issue, whatever, how they react and whether or not they're professional and they're trained and have the ability to do that job directly combating a lot of the misinformation that's out there. And then the other channel, the newer one that I I'm kind of talking about more these days, the uh, thoughts of the patrol officer, the purpose of that channel is to uh, really just kind of bring everyone together that, you know, cause you have this political environment right now where there's whack jobs on opposite ends of the spectrum. And you're not going to change those people's minds no matter what you do. And then there's a lot of people in the middle that are kind of looking at the world and they're like, man, the world is crazy. Like, I don't know who to believe. There's people pulling me in different directions. The thoughts of a patrol officer page is kind of where I'm kind of going right down the middle where I obviously have my opinions and they come through in the videos, but I try to be as respectful as I can to everybody's kind of sensibilities and just show them my perspective on things. And hopefully I can win them over to kind of my side and be more of a police supporter going forward. So I don't know. Is that a good enough uh, summation of what I am or who no, I am? No, I think that's a perfect, you know what I, by the way, that is a perfect one, but I always wonder why that's like a go-to response when somebody asks a question like that. And it's obviously, yes, you go, no, that's exactly it. <laughs> I, I, I do that shit all the time. I think everybody else does that shit all the time. Anyway, I've been meaning to try and stop myself from doing it and I caught myself, but and saying like, because I say like, like a 13-year-old girl, I need to work on that. No, I think that's a, a perfect, kind of fits perfect about you and your channel. And I love that body camera channel because it does, it actually shows the real shit, not just the clips and edits and, and shit you'd never see in the news. And yeah. I think it's great. Well, and I, and I, the thing I like most about it is that I don't, I, I do share like the fancy tasings and shootings and foot chases and stuff like that 
but I, I make sure that I share a lot of the mundane interactions and um, you never know what's going to kind of take off with people. Um, I'll have officers contact me and they're like, Hey, what are you looking for the body camera? Like what kind of stuff? And I'm like, I'll tell them like, just go watch the channel and you'll get an idea. So they'll, they'll send me some incidents that are like wild and crazy or whatever. And then I'll hear about something kind of third hand through somebody and I'll pull that video and I'll, I'll put up on YouTube and the ones where it's like, uh, I mean, I've had people with knives. I had a perfect one. It was like a training scenario. Um, guy was in a house with a knife to his throat, threatened to kill himself. First officer there had a lethal force. The second officer showed up with a taser. Second officer ended up tasing the guy. They ran in on him, cuffed him under power. It was beautiful. I mean, it was like, you couldn't have performed this better in a training scenario than what they did on the street. And that video might've gotten like 15,000 views. And then I had another one that I just posted yesterday where it was an officer just talking to a prostitute on the side of the street who someone had called in. They were concerned because she was, well, she was passed out and she wasn't passed out anymore by the time the officer got there. Well, you but get the tired officer, from such activities. You got to take a break. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually listed in the video or she talks about it a little bit. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's funny. It's, it's just a, a seven minute interaction with this officer that pulls up and says, Hey, were you the one that was passed out on the road? She talks a little bit and he's talking to her, making sure that she's good to go, that she's not going to fall out again. Cause he doesn't want to have to go back out and have another interaction with her. And that was basically it. And like now the, the whole, the reason she was passing out is cause she hadn't slept for days. Cause she was using meth to keep herself awake. Um, and they do that because they need to be awake so that they can work quote unquote, do the job that they're being paid to do. So they, they cycle on and off between meth and other drugs so that they can be awake and go to sleep when they have to, but whatever. But that video hit a hundred thousand views in one day. And if you asked other police officers, Hey, should I show this? Most of them would say, no, that's, that's boring. Nobody's going to watch that. And they, that gets more views than kind of some of the exciting stuff. So it's interesting running that thing. I would venture to guess that that does get more views and st- because I think everybody's seen, you know, the shootings, the tasings, the arrests, all that stuff. I think like that type of interaction, like you hear about that type of stuff, but you don't actually mm-hmm. see it other than like in a movie. And so I wonder if that generates some interest. Well, that, and I, and I really appreciate that it does because um, that's the thing that we're being accused of not being able to do. One of the things that just irritates the ever listening shit out of me is these politicians and these activists they'll sit up there and say oh these officers they don't live in that town like they don't know the people they need to live in, they need to have a house in the neighborhood where they police because that prevents them from being corrupt and yada 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 blah 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 well i've been working the same neighborhood for over 10 years and i know the people that live in my precinct you know what i mean like if i'm driving down the road and something's not right i know instantly and I also, I speak the same language that they speak. That's something that the freaking mayor and city council, they, if they were to try to talk to one of these people, they wouldn't understand a single thing that they're saying, um, where I, I do. And these, and all the other officers do too. And I just, that's what I like showing is that, you know, these officers aren't out there terrorizing people. They aren't beating them up. They aren't browbeating them, trying to arrest them. That, that last video that I talked about with the prostitute, 
I um I'm not afraid to engage people in the comments. And I had one guy comment all in bold. You know that if it's all in bold, it's going to be something really intelligent. Have you noticed that in the comments on your Facebook page? And cap locks. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's got to be all caps locks and bold. And he said, uh, he was like, oh, all you people thinking this officer is being nice to her. You don't know what you're talking about. You're idiots. He's just, um, he's being nice to her because he's working her for information because he's trying to find a way to arrest her. And I replied back to him like, Hey, I didn't, Oh no, he said something about you guys are idiots. So I wrote back and I was like, you know, a thing or two about being an idiot, don't you? And I said, the officer specifically did not ask for her name at any point in the video because he didn't want to know because all the prostitutes walking in the streets have, have warrants. If he wanted to arrest her, he would have very easily been able to do that, but he wasn't out there trying to look for a reason to screw somebody over and ruin her day. He was just literally trying to do his job and continue on. And that's the thing that people don't understand about what police officers are doing on a daily basis, you know, especially in these, these neighborhoods, these inner center neighborhoods that are like absolutely bonkers with crime and poverty. I worked in a more of an inner city type area for the most part. And when I got home, it was like a different planet. Like I, I took a space shuttle to work, went to that planet, maybe, maybe a country. I'm going to go with planet. It was so fucking weird. <laughs> But you you brought up a good point is, you know, when you're new and you don't fucking understand what the hell people are saying, you're like, what the fuck? But then once you've been around it for a couple of years, you get it. You pick up the lingo, you pick up the verbal body cues, you pick up all that shit. And that's, that's kind of irreplaceable. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk about on this podcast was the future of law enforcement. And gosh, when you see so many dudes leaving prematurely, some of that's going to get lost in translation. Well, we're losing a, we're losing a lot of experience um, because at least where I am, we're losing a couple of guys that are in my range of uh, time on the department. But what we're, what we're really seeing is guys that are at retirement age or retirement years. And rather than staying on and taking that job, like in narcotics or gang unit or one of the inside jobs, they're saying, you know what, screw this, I'm out of here. Um, and a lot of them, what they're doing is they're going to these small departments that have 10, 15 officers. And they're, they're, to them, that's retirement, you know, because they worked in a big city and they worked the inner city. Um, they're going to take all that experience and go to these places where they don't. I don't want to insult anyone in a small department, but they don't need to use those those skills as frequently. I'll put it that way. Um, so that's that's kind of the part of the brain drain that we're getting. And the guys that um, that kind of know all the techniques for how to gain information, all that, that's that's something that we're losing. That's that's something I'm seeing. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you, because at my department, you know, because there is this argument. Well, the only cops that are leaving are the bad cops. Yeah, that's that's what my specifically my mayor is saying. <laughs> he, which I addressed in one of my videos. Um, and because I have a good friend of mine that left the department, he worked on my precinct with me. This was a guy who um grew up his entire life wanting to be a police officer, and he was a freaking fantastic cop. He, I can't even tell you how much weight he lost before going into the academy, but he was one of those guys that was like 300 plus pounds, and now 
like he's comfortable taking his shirt off in public. I mean, he's a, he's a good looking guy. And like he, <laughs> some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth, I don't necessarily mean to say, but um, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right, man. I know how to, I, I can look at another man and, and yeah, it's hey, not a big deal. My, my buddy, Dan, he's a good looking man. I, I actually dedicated a whole video to him on my channel um, because he was interviewed by uh, the newspaper when he left. And it was funny because one a reporter asked the mayor, hey, you know, on the average year, I think my department lost uh, 70 officers to attrition, either by mostly by retirement, but also some injuries and some stuff like that. And then in 2020, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was like double. And then in 2021, we lost like over 200. And at the same time, we're only hiring about 100 officers per year. So we're at a net loss year after year after year. So if someone asked the mayor, hey, you know, you're losing this many officers and, and crime is on the rise. And we're hearing that there aren't enough officers on the street. What's your response to that? And he had this like smug ass grin on his face. And he goes, well, that's fine. Those officers can go be police somewhere else. And I just made me kind of chuckle because then you, but you lost like officers like Gervasio. I shouldn't have said, you know what? I made a whole video about him. His name is out there. It's fine. Um, he's a fantastic guy, fantastic officer. His whole life was dedicated to becoming a police officer and being good at his job. And um, this climate and everything that we went through, especially in 2020, was enough for him to say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm out of this job. And I'm leaving the state and I'm sorry, but you guys lost my talent. And he was a young guy too. Um, he was going to have to stay for 30 years before he met retirement age. So did he stay in law enforcement? No, he did not. Um, he's doing something completely different. And from his, it's Instagram, not a guy in a basement doing a podcast, right? No, he's okay. He's, he, he's not, he's not welching and like living off of his wife. Um, he's not that doing is that. ice fucking cold but it's partly true. <laughs> I, uh, it is what it is. You know, me. um, no, I don't, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but from his Instagram, he's having a good time. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm just going to put it that way. Yeah. It's definitely not me because I, I'm not, I mean, I'll take my shirt off in public cause I don't give a fuck, but it, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, yeah. so definitely not the same guy, but no. all the dudes that I saw leave my old department, like willingly left. None of them were shit bags. Yeah. The shitbags stayed. Too. They stayed. Here's the thing is the reasons people were leaving in 2020 is it's not, oh, man, we can't beat people anymore or we can't be racist anymore. It's like people put their, their heart and soul into the job. And like I'll just use me for an example. I do a dumb podcast and I make dumb jokes. But when I was when I was on the job, I, I did what I was supposed to do. And I consider myself a really good cop. And I'd, I'd fucking back that up. You could ask anybody in my old department. And I left not because I was like, oh, I can't do those things. It's because it's not worth it. I'm not going to be on the news. I, you know, when the cities does not support you, the governor doesn't support you, the mayor, the chief. It's not about money at that point. I don't give a fuck about the money. And I, I found it out. Yeah. And I, and I left. And a lot of other fucking great cops did, too. No, they did, and I'll I'll take it a step further and maybe make your point that you're not making. Um, you're a dick, there, but go ahead. 
Uh, but I tell you what, I love you, and you make the best memes I've ever seen. There's no competition and no just, equal. Just say what you're gonna say. Stop kissing up. <laughs> so, oh, remind me later. I got called to IA because of one of your memes. Um, oh, that's fantastic. Oh yeah, dude, I was so proud of it. Um, and, and it was funny because back before we kind of had a relationship, I would send you a message every time I wanted to use one of your memes as a thumbnail in my video. And you're always like, write me back like right away. You're like, oh yeah, no problem. I'm like, God, this guy's cool. So anyway. Until uh, you just guys... fucking trash me in front of everybody, but go ahead. No, I'm not. This you isn't trash. The, I set up the joke. You this set it isn't up. even a joke, man. You, you I'm kissed, I'm dead serious here. You um, make, make my point for me, sir. Yeah, well, I just take your, a point a step further because I was thinking about it while you were talking. So it's a lot easier to think while someone else is talking. Um, so with the newer, the, the guys that are hardworking that are leaving, it's like you said, they don't want to be that guy that's on the news um, with the mayor and the police chief and the governor and everybody that doesn't want to support you. The other thing is that if you're a good cop and you're especially your younger cop and you're more driven, you're more likely to be put in that position where you're going to be on the news or where you're going to have one of those situations that is recorded by a cell phone video that, that makes its way through the Twitter sphere. And you have LeBron James commenting on it before the department even has a chance to release your body camera because you're a good, hardworking cop that's out there slaying it where some of, I'm not saying all the guys that are staying are shit bags because I'm staying, but <laughs> the, a lot of the guys, like if you're trying to get rid of the worst of the worst cops, people don't realize how easy it is for them to sit on their ass and not do anything. Like they can just not only just take their dispatch runs, but in between dispatch runs, they're going to mark on an errand somewhere, or they're always getting their car looked at, or, you know, they're always at headquarters trying to grab some paperwork. The guys that you're as a politician trying to get off of your department, the reason they're kind of shit bags is because they're good at finding ways out of doing their job. And those people are not afraid because they're not at any risk of ever being in the spotlight you know what i mean so yeah that's just a little elaboration on your point but i disagree a little bit okay just slightly though uh, i'm of the opinion that you could sit in a parking lot take your 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 calls at the end of the day you're still going out and taking calls and every single because I, at towards the end of my career i became that guy i wasn't going to be proactive because a, they didn't want you to be. They didn't want you arresting people. I mean, they let us fucking people. Anyway, I, I could go off on a tangent. We don't need to hear that again. But you could sit in a parking lot. You could be the most shitbag, lazy cop ever. But you still get called to shit. And even the laziest shitbags, if a cop calls for help, they're going to go. I hope anyway. And so those help Not calls, so sure. all, all those things. I don't know. I never had that problem on my department if. There were some lazy fucking dudes, but if somebody called for help, people went. People found a, a reason to clear, found a reason to be there. Um, I can't speak for other places. And I know a lot of places are different. I mean, not every police department has its own unique culture. I think mm -hmm. that is a thing that we don't even talk about. Maybe we can talk about that on this podcast um, because I'll get in arguments with people around the country. And then I kind of start thinking about it, like they have a different culture. It's just totally different where they do things. Mm -hmm. um, but 
so I, I think anytime you answer a call, it's, it's like playing roulette. There's that chance that something's going to happen because you can't control the run you go on. No, but I'm saying that those officers that I'm talking about, they're the ones that find ways not to go on runs. Or if they do, they show up like eight minutes after everybody else. Um, they're not going to be there when the action is happening. They're not the ones that are worried about their job. I've I had a run. This is multiple years ago um, with an officer that's no longer on patrol. We were we were sitting in the we were in the middle of the street. We just cleared a run and we were sitting in our cars talking to each other about whatever the hell just happened. And we we got dispatched together to the same run that was two streets over. And it was a call involving a guy with a gun. We left at the same time. He was facing north and I was facing south in the street. Um, it was on his district and I got there five minutes before him. And I don't know how that happened. Amazing. Uh, so it is amazing. That's what uh, I'm you, saying. Like, I'm not do, talking you about. You make a good point. You do make a good point. Cause I mean, I've, I've been out for a minute now and that is something that it does happen. Like dudes do show up late to shit or let mm -hmm. other people get there. So they, you know, get the brunt of whatever the shit storm is going to be. So you, you do make an excellent point. Yeah. Cause I mean, but plus like where I work, it's so extremely busy. Um, you can sit back and just take your dispatch runs and still be completely busy all day long. Um, that's kind of the place that I've been for a couple of years now, you know, plus as I got older and the new guys got younger, I was like, you know what? It's kind of nice. We got some new guys that they're out there carrying the torch. They can go out there and try to be meat eaters all day long and try to get their dope bus, whatever. I'll sit back and I'll take all the dispatch runs. And I, I don't think that could, that made me a, a lazy shit bag or anything. Cause if you looked at our, our run sheets at the end of the week, I was probably taking three or four times the runs that they were. And I was taking a lot more paper than they were. So there's different roles to fill and I got no problem following that, <laughs> filling in that role, but also I still had plenty of shit that kind of fell in my lap. So it's unavoidable. You know, I made a point on a podcast. I don't remember how long ago that you can find stuff on dispatch calls. Like guys act like you can only find stuff on traffic stops and bumping people up. And by going to your calls, you can occasionally, if you're looking the right places, you can find shit. Yeah, if you and want I think, to. And I think that's missed a lot of times. Yeah, perhaps. It just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Like where I work, I could literally, if I wanted to, I could arrest somebody on every single run. The The problem is trying to avoid that so that you can continue to do your job and support your buddies and not get stuck on like some bullshit arrest every time. Because there's also those guys that they get stuck on some bullshit arrest for three hours while you and everybody else is out there humping runs like, running your ass off going from run to run to run so there's both sides there is and there is definitely both sides of that because you know you could take somebody to jail and be like man i'm doing something good today and then something comes up and you're stuck there a little longer but you know everybody else is like this fucking shit bag sitting at the jail for three hours while i'm taking runs it is a story as old as time you know what's funny is um there were a couple times where i would kind of get a chuckle out of some of these young young guys and i i don't want to discourage the young guys because you learn by by staying super active but like um getting like a really small amount of crack and you know now you're you technically it's a felony arrest so you got to go do all your steps and it's going to take a couple hours but 
realistically, you're tied up with someone for a few hours. That's never going to see any time out of that, nor should they probably, if it's a small amount of crack. Um, but regardless, they're, they're tied up for hours and you're out there taking runs. Um, I was involved in a pursuit on a fresh homicide and I was like the second car in line on this pursuit. The reason being everybody else was tied up on kind of bullshit arrests and here I got to do like kind of the most cool guy thing that you ever get to do, which it was pretty good, except for the fact that at the end of the pursuit. So we chased this guy for miles out on the freeway back and he, he luckily he stayed on my zone the entire time. So I didn't get caught off the pursuit, but um, they ended up spiking him and he drove for a couple more miles and he was slowing down. So I was the second car. I kind of pulled into the left-hand lane. He was in the right-hand lane. And I was debating whether I needed to go up and I mean, all the things that are going through your head, like this guy literally just killed somebody. He's in his truck. He has a gun. He's been running. He's, he's not going to go quietly is kind of what I'm thinking. And as he slowed down the, the vehicle next to me, which was the lead car in their pursuit stayed directly behind him. I pulled up to left. So we had two cars in a row and I had to make the decision. I was like, all right, if he stops, and doesn't get out, I'm going to get out with my fire and be ready to go. If he stops and gets out of the car with his gun, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to have time to get out of the car and get my weapon on him. I'm like, I'm driving a weapon. I'm going to use that. And I, I mean, I was going through all that in my head. And at the last minute, I realized he wasn't getting out of the truck. I was like, crap. So I had to stop, get out. And I'm sitting there with my siren still going, it's like right next to my ear. I'm in the door jam of the car weapon at him. I'm just froze. I'm, I mean, I was aimed in front sights on that door panel. The door never freaking opened. I stand out there forever. Then, um, you know, one of the sergeants I think comes up, he's like, Hey, we've got long guns on them. Like you can go ahead and fall back. I turned around and I was mesmerized. There was like 800 police cars behind me. And I had no idea because I was solely focused on what was in front of me. The other thing I was completely unaware of is that there was a, a concrete median in the, in the road that only stood about six, eight inches high. And when I turned to walk back to where all, all the other officers were, I still had my gun in my hand. I tripped over it. And so then my biggest concern in the world was, uh, hey, don't shoot all the officers that are standing behind you. And luckily, I did kind of a roll and I survived. My uniform didn't but I didn't shoot anybody and everybody else saw it and it was captured on video. So of course it was. Yeah, of course it uh, was. There's no other way for that to happen without yeah. it being. Now, I don't have the video, but I have seen the video. It was, it was pretty good. But the moral of the story is I was able to be in that position because I was not tied up on something stupid. So, yes, but that's like the what if game too, though. Mm-hmm. Cause there's that. I've been actually thinking about this a lot lately is how everything is just so interconnected to everything else. And that's just one of those things is uh, one little thing in that pursuit could have changed everything. You know, somebody might not have taken somebody to jail or somebody gets their paperwork done or that guy turns down a different street and hits somebody. It's just, yeah, the, uh, yeah, it is, it it is pretty incredible kind of how that stuff all kind of works out. And then the, uh, the, the funny part, if I may, um, we sat there and we watched that guy forever and he wasn't moving. And we're now we're in a standoff. We got this guy in a pickup truck 
and there's literally a hundred officers standing behind his truck, all taking cover. And it is what it is. Guy's not freaking moving. He's not coming out. So we ended up calling SWAT. They pulled a Bearcat up to the front of his truck. So they had him like boxed in. He wasn't going anywhere. And the Bearcat ran over a set of spikes as well, which was awesome. Um, (laughs) Because the guys that set the spikes up thought this truck was going to keep going forward and it stopped. So they ran for cover thinking that all the guys behind this truck were about to start opening fire and they didn't want to be in the line of fire. So they freaking ran and they left their spike strips in the middle of the road. Well, when the Bearcat came down, they came the opposite direction in traffic and drove right over the spikes. It was loud. But um, yeah, so they pulled up and they immobilized this vehicle and then they they got up to the, the window and they called out that he had shot himself. Um, so then they're trying to get him out and they're having a hard time breaking the window. It, it was kind of funny, but uh, they pulled him out and then it turns out he was alive. So we went from all just relaxing to then we had a guy who he shot himself under the chin with a uh, 38 and the round went up kind of around his skull and came out where his eye socket is and it popped his eye out. So the officers thought he was dead. He had smoke coming out of his mouth, but uh, he wasn't dead. And then we had to guard him at the hospital for like a year and a half before he was well enough to go to jail. So that's the end of that story. I mean, that's a, that's a, yeah. The eyeball stuff is always weird. I had an accident where dudes eyeball not good. Really? Oh, it was, it was nasty, man. And I don't usually like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really like the death calls, but I don't like usually get too weird about them. But that one was like, that one, I I almost hurled on that one. That it was gross. Oh, I've never, I've never had anyone blow their head off. Um, I, I just never even responded to one of those scenes, to be honest. They've happened while I was at work, but I was probably tied up on some bullshit. Arrest. probably some bullshit arrest yeah. <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean um see I, it's true oh god i was lucky i never went on like i had some stinkier dead bodies but i never had like a true hardcore melter oh one one happened that i can remember in my beat and i got there late and they're because i i would probably hit the jail doing something stupid mm. and i was like oh i gotta go take that and i got there and they're like hey dude you we got it you you know don't worry about it which was cool but I heard it was, you know, she melted in there pretty good. Yeah, I mean, man, I don't want to make this a... Haven't you already had the death video or the death Dude, podcast? It's poorly made. We talk about whatever the fuck we want. Um, I had one recently. It was over the summer. This poor lady, um, she lived in this, this tiny little ranch-style house, and she was a bit of a hoarder. It seems like they're always hoarders, the ones that live alone. Um, oh, yeah. She had probably been dead for a little over a week and it was July or August. And she was sitting up in a chair in her kitchen. The stove, the stove was on as well. So it was hot as balls in her apartment. And she wasn't, um, she hadn't melted into the floor or anything, but she was so bloated. It was, I mean, she was probably twice her normal size and you could see her skin was like, ready to burst and uh she had a cigarette still in her hand it was in her oh it was nasty her fingers were black and she was dripping you know like oh yeah. yeah so but the crazy thing was she had these these three dogs one of them was an older kind of large like a uh, lab type mix and that dog was pretty easy to to yoke up and i got it out of the house the other two dogs were some kind of like uh 
terrier breeds, you know, like little, little tiny yapper dogs that were impossible to get your hands on. And they kept going. She was sitting in like a, uh, it was like one of those plastic yard chairs, like patio type chairs. She was sitting in that and they kept going under her and there was a puddle of goo under her. So the dogs kept running back and forth through this goo when we were trying to catch them. And like, yeah, I was was doing, I was doing great until that kept happening. And then they would stand under her, like they were protecting her and try to stand fast and like bark at us. And I'm like, Oh God, Uh, that was, that was the, that was the worst one I've had recently. So (laughs) that deserves a sad trombone. Yeah, it was. It was, and then all of her, um, you know, these, when you have one of these deaths and all their friends and family want to come and they kept saying, Oh, we want to go and see her. I was like, seriously, you don't. And so then like the, the people coming for the body came and they're in there doing their thing. And I was standing outside talking to all these people in her yard and they're sitting there smoking cigarettes and like, yeah, I just talked to her the other day. And I was just, it's so surreal. Like you're trying to that's another thing that you do on these scenes that people don't realize is that you're also protecting the family from seeing what you just had to see. Um, I often say that when I take this job, I'm doing things so that other people don't have to do them, whether it be standing up to a bully or whatever, or if it's, I have to see kind of these scenes that I don't really like seeing, but I know that I'm probably better suited for it than you are. So I'm just going to sit out here and tell you, Hey, you know, your friends in there, we've got it all under control. Like you guys worry about the next step, but that it was, it was kind of surreal going from one, one end to the other. Cause when I'm standing out with them, they're all smiling and like, Oh, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And I'm just, I can't get the image out of my head of what I just experienced. I have a, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast yet, but it relates and I'll, I'll just throw it out there. And I may have mentioned this on my death podcast is you don't want to see them generally. Mm-hmm. That's like generally like, that's not how you want to remember people. So I had a death once where the lady was in an apartment and it was winter, thankfully, or it would have been a little rough, but she was probably in there a good month mm. and she had a bird and the bird did not make it. But prior to the bird dying, the bird had taken a shit or two or a bunch on her. Oh, no. Yeah, it was that was fucked up. But the like a family member wanted to come and we before the corner got there, we're like, no, you do not want to see her. Like, even if the corner when the corner comes here, if she says yes, you don't want to see her. Mm. And she was very, very adamant. And um, I'd gone like downstairs to get a computer or something. And I come back up and I see her walking in there. I'm like, what the fuck? And my partner's like, yeah, the corner's corner's going to let her go. And the scream and she came out running. I'll never forget. Yeah. You don't want to see your, your loved one like that. Just take our word for it. Yeah. It's unfortunate that people don't necessarily heed the warning. I I've never had that happen. Like I'm a little bit older than you two um so like when i look at somebody plus i have this mustache it's like magical you um, have a great mustache i am very yeah. envious of it <laughs> it's the source of my power yeah. people see that mustache and they're just like you know what 
that is a man who I am going to listen to. And they just, they, they agree, you know, they're just like, all right, you know, well, I don't need to go in there. Apparently I've been told I sound like McLovin, which is great for a podcaster. <laughs> now that I've heard that, I can't, I can't. Uh, hear I'm going to have to edit that out. So I save myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck, fuck my genetics, small mm. penis. And I sound like McLovin. <laughs> average, but anyway, this is how we get advertisers kids. Sure. Um, sure that's how exactly how it works now i'm gonna do things a little backwards even though i don't even know what we're doing here but i usually hit the instagram questions last but i asked people on instagram about some unpopular opinions about policing so i want to do that and then after we we've talked about all these angry subjects that people are upset and mad about then i want to talk about the future of policing how's that sound pal go for it man it's okay. your show it is my show. Yeah. Uh, be- before we do that, before we get too far, uh, we got to give our little giveaway. And it's a two for one here. And basically, I had a fella write me up and say, hey, my partner and his partner. So lots of partners going on here. But my partner and, and uh, his buddy were doing a stop. And then they got hit by somebody evading the police from a stop down the road. They're going to be okay, but they're, you know, they went to the hospital and all that good stuff. So he wrote in saying, Hey, you know, I want to nominate them to get some free shit. So they are our winners of the uh, giveaway, which I think this might be the last one. I'll have to see how many funds are left after this bad boy. But I do want to give special thanks to the anonymous donors that gave me some cash to do this. I don't know if we're going to keep doing it. We'll see. But uh, everybody at home, give them a round of applause, hopefully a quick recovery. Um, and the good news is the shit bag was caught eventually. So the shit bag hopefully will rot. But they probably won't because um, we don't. Those judges don't punish people anymore. We don't put people in jail anymore. No. What, what were the guy's inter- injuries? Did it say at all? Um, it was kind of cryptic. Basically, like, hey, they were on this and then they got hit by a car and they were in the hospital and stuff like that. But oh. um, not exactly sure what their injuries are, but should be. Hopefully, they'll be getting out and back on patrol, hopefully. That's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Well, he did put in there that uh, they found his taser 200, he said meters, um, away from where he was found. Oh, wow. So that's, he, got, he got smacked. Yeah, he got hit pretty good. So wow. What merch? Whatever they pick out. Oh, they so you contact them. They actually pick out the specific merch? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I, I basically say, hey, pick out a T-shirt or mug, and I'll send it up to you. Um, they're actually Canadian officers and I'm not quite sure if the company ships up there, but if they don't, I'll take care of it and I'll get it up there somehow. So, um, that explains the meters probably (laughs) that was probably like the worst storytelling for one of these yet. Um, no, um, they're usually pretty bad. It's hard because I like, I maybe I, it's hard to, uh, I just suck. They are pretty bad. Every single time is really bad. They're pretty poorly made. They are. It's kind of the point. It is the point. But, I mean, at least they're getting recognized. So it's recognition, but poorly made recognition. Yeah. Oh, speaking of poorly made, before I forget, before, if I can, before we get into the uh, the Instagram questions. Sure. I told you I got called into IA because of one of your memes. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> so I, I used one of your memes as a thumbnail on a YouTube video for my body camera channel. Now the it was perfect i don't i probably never even sent you the video i'm gonna have to find it and send it to you um it was a dude who he was high on 
God knows what. And he was just running down the road naked. He got hit by multiple cars, but he just kept running because that's what guys do when they're naked and high. And I, I remember um, I was on the run and I spoke to a guy who was driving an F-150 who had his mirror broken by this guy's head as he ran down the road. And um, the officers ended up getting him and he cooperated. He went to the ground. They put him in handcuffs and had to wait for medics to do their thing. But uh, the meme I used was like one of your ones where it's like uh, social workers getting called to the naked guy high meme. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. have to give a, a few of them. Well, uh, this guy who I, I know who it was, he submitted it anonymously online, but by his writing style, I can tell exactly who it was. Someone that's not a fan of me. And he said uh, it was something to the effect of, you know, I expect better of our police officers. So I just want to let you know that people expect better of our police officers than to share your memes about well, naked guys when they're posting a video about a naked guy. I had, <laughs> I don't remember where it was. I think it was somewhere in the Northeast. This was like at the height of everything last year. Cause I was like, Oh shit, here it comes. But Apparently, some police chief had been sharing my memes on his profile, and he got in trouble for saying something fucked up. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but one of the he one of the thumbnails on the news story was one of my memes, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" What it, it was actually, um, it was a Donald Trump meme. Like, you know, why do police support Donald Trump? which is not true of every cop, but let's, yeah. let's come on. And, um, you know, it's the mocking SpongeBob. Well, that was a thumbnail on it. And so I read the article and you watch the video for the news story. That meme didn't show up and you watch and like you read the article, nothing about poorly made police memes was in there, but I was like, fuck, is this going to get my page going to get labeled as some extremist shit? But I, I think to some, it probably is. I mean, if you follow my page yeah. right now, if you go like it on Facebook right now, there's a warning unless that went are away. You serious? Yeah, there's a warning. Like, do you sure are you sure you want to follow this page? I think all police pages have that. I could be wrong. But I don't I haven't like followed any new ones lately, but uh, I think they all kind of have that. So Maybe. I just sent you that uh, video on Messenger so you can see your own meme as the thumbnail it's pretty funny it's spongebob oh yeah this... <laughs> oh, that is a good one yeah it was a good one can so i make that, was... that can i make that the meme for the podcast yeah go for it that okay. suits me perfectly yeah perfect um anyway yeah there it's funny i get messages from people all over the country they're like hey just so you know i always get accused of being you oh that's funny yeah so there's some other meme lords out there doing the lord's work what I asked uh, all you youngins on IG, as the kids say it, is about from a law enforcement perspective, what, have, what are your unpopular opinions about law enforcement? Now, hindsight being 2020, it's kind of unfair for me to sit back on my podcast and debate these without you being part of it because it's your opinion. So forward apologies, but I really don't give a fuck. Just a little fuck, just a tiny fuck. Which, but uh, I think that's the first f bomb of the podcast. Are you serious? I think so. I'm impressed. Did I make I, it? I thought I was going to drop it first, but you did. So congratulations. God, I can't believe I'm we're, we're like 40, 45 minutes into the podcast. We're a ways in, and my followers, 
um they expect very wholesome ben so do they really yeah well i'm a wholesome guy i i am i really am but also i i drop f-bombs like commas i was i sprinkle them on like salt and pepper and i'm so careful not to do that on my videos and things um but everyone thinks i'm like the sweetest guy in the world i think i've tried to tell them hey i am really nice but also i i'm mean to people sometimes but anyway, that's it. I I do, but I'm proud of myself for not dropping them so so far yet. My followers are going to think that I'm the classy one in this relationship. Oh, you clearly are, but because <laughs> I mean, look at the shit I post and the the dumb shit I put on my podcast. Well, everything that you post has me rolling, so I'm just as evil. It's you just good. there's something wrong with you though because your ability to come up with this stuff. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't know. The memes just come to me. It's just. I've- it's just, it's a weird fucking gift. I mean, he could have, the big guy could have given me anything else. This, this is what he gave me. He would gave you me a McLovin voice and an average it for penis. like a, a, a large dick? Would you trade your meme lord status? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my awesome. God. <laughs> I would trade it all. I would trade it all. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, you're, you got a wife. I got a wife. And she loves you enough that she's had sex with you at least twice. Four. Four times. Oh, my God. I You've had kids, sex bro. four times? Four times, bro. Holy shit. Four for four, I've man. I've only had sex twice. Good for you, man. I mean, yeah. it's... A, my wife loves me. She says I've heard she sex is bad for you. It hurts is what I've been told. I haven't been told that. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So, on topic now. Good, sir. Yes. Instagram. Instagram and unpopular opinions. I'm ready. This is good. I like what this kid has to say. Unpopular opinion. We have to suck it up and deal with change. The profession has always been changing. To a point, I agree with that. I mean, I I agree. It's a good point. But the sucking up part is like, I'm 50-50 on. And I'm going to kind of combine this with another one that I wanted to make sure we got to. The other one that's sort of related is the job isn't dead. People are just unwilling to put the work in. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now that I'm offended. Are you, you triggered? I'm. No, I'm just offended. I'm not triggered. Just okay. offended. But every time I list your podcast, one of the first questions is, is the job dead? You didn't ask me that question. That's not one of the first questions. It's one of the last questions. Oh, so well, here, I'm going to ask you, it's relevant now. No, I don't want to answer that question now. I want to answer the unpopular opinion question. No, but it it relates. Is the job dead in Ohio? Oh, yeah, it's dead and buried. Now, I've talked to other dudes from Ohio and they say it's, you know, I believe one said it was on life support and one said it was fine. I think you're the third dude I've had from Ohio. I think I could be off. Um, No, that sounds right. I had the narc. And then I had the the whiskey guys and then you. So I think it depends where you're at. And I think it does in a lot of different places. I want to make this point about the job being dead. As you, and, and I talked about this a little earlier about the different cultures in law enforcement and different agencies. It fucking depends where you are. Bottom it line, it fucking depends where you are. Now, let's say that, you know, at my old department, my department, Sucks big, hairy, donkey fucking balls. Now, if you're a new guy right there, you get through the academy, you're fucking excited to be there. 
you think all the shit's fun and new and great. You may not think that, but to someone that has been there, was there, and can see like what people are getting jammed up for and what people aren't getting jammed up for, it, it's a matter of perspective too. But when we've gotten to the point where guys are afraid to arrest people and use force, because that's, that's part of the job is arresting people. Mm -hmm. that's a problem or we put in the work and then people get let right back out and i get that's not that's not the cop's job we only have our little half of the work which i'm sure we'll talk about the courts later but it's a perspective thing like i i just it gets old like i make memes about the job being dead but i also make memes all the time about you know doing the work yeah well we were literally ordered not to make an arrest for nonviolent misdemeanors ever. Uh, well, not ever. It was initially, it was you're not allowed to make any arrest for nonviolent misdemeanors. And then it was like only if it meets these special criterion, as in the, like there's a, they're a repeat offender or something. And then it was also at the discretion of the supervisor or the sergeant. Now, nonviolent misdemeanors. Um, disorderly conduct is a non-violent misdemeanor. A drunk guy at a party that's going ape shit on everybody there, and it's a matter of time before he starts slinging beer bottles over people's heads is disorderly conduct. That's a non-violent misdemeanor. We were prohibited from making an arrest in, in that case, completely taking away, and it was such a disrespectful thing to do is say, hey, look, you have to be 21 years old to have this job. You have to have gone your entire life being an upstanding citizen, never doing it. Not that you don't ever do anything wrong, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, we're sending you through our academy. You're carrying a gun. You're responsible for the most sacred inner workings of our city. But by the way, you're not mature enough to tell when someone is you know, about to go commit a heinous crime and when they're not like we don't trust you to that level and that was such a slap in the face that that is one of the things that absolutely killed the job and to the extent that there was <laughs> there's been a crime surge across the country and there was a crime surge in a very popular entertainment district that entertainment district had a huge surge in crime where there were shootings every night and people that lived there were posting videos and saying they were terrified to, to sleep at night. Well, the answer to that from the department was, Oh, well, we're going to increase patrols and we're going to do that with overtime. Um, they were, they couldn't get guys to volunteer for overtime to go work that they had to send out emails from the chief's office that said, this is a proactive patrol. We want you to go out there and arrest people. The chief has your back. And guys were still refusing to go because they didn't trust it. And that's how you know the job is dead. When they're telling you, hey, we want you to go out and arrest and target these gangbangers and stuff that are coming into these areas. Um, and, they, and guys are refusing to do it for, what, 65, 70 bucks an hour? That's how you know the job's dead. Yeah, it's not fucking worth it at that point. No. Like, and well, and nobody's working special duties. So like the the major sports games and stuff like that, they're having to call in law enforcement from all around the state because the guys here aren't aren't 
aren't going to do it. What's interesting is there's been all these calls to reform police and look, we work for the, you know, to get to the brass tacks. I get it. The, the people should have a say in their policing. I think the police should have a seat at the table, which they weren't given. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. But what has not changed in the equation? Crime hasn't stopped. None of that should stop. It's got worse. And, and it's exactly what people like you and I have been saying for the last, you know, year or so. Yeah. It's going to get bad. It's going to get worse. And it continues to get worse. And, you know, now we're back to hiring cops and now we're back to defunding or refunding police. And mm-hmm. it's stupid. I mean, it was this exercise in futility. Well, there, I, no, go ahead, buddy. Well, kind of to address the original um, unpopular opinion. Uh, I don't remember if it's the first one or the second one, but uh, that, hey, suck it up. Change is coming and that departments have been changing all along anyway. Um, yeah, you're goddamn right. It's been changing um, from the time that I came on to now in the last 10 years. I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen a lot of changes in tactics. I've seen different programs uh, come and go. I've seen I've, there's been a lot of changes that have come along. Um, we go to I go to defensive tactics training twice a year. I fire my gun in qualification four times a year. I get legal updates. I don't know, every two months, at least quarterly. Um and every single time one of those things comes down, we're told that we have to change what we do. If there's something really major in a legal update, the sergeants will all make sure that they cover a roll call, which changes what we do. These people who are quote unquote calling for reform and calling for change, they are completely unaware of all the changes that have been happening. They just think that we're we're still operating that we were in the 1970s, which could not be further from the truth. Um, and that's the part that irritates me when they're like, oh, change is coming. You have to be open to change. I'm like, well, listen, motherfucker, where were you when all the other change was happening? Where were you when the pursuit policy changed? Um, like, you know, all these stupid things. Where were you when it became a rule that I had to ride in the back of the wagon when we had a combative uh, prisoner because they kept taking off the seatbelt and hurting themselves. So now I have to ride in the back of the wagon. And when they take that seatbelt off, now I'm the one that gets hurt instead of them. My first piece of discipline that I ever received as a new officer on the department, I got called to a domestic violence call where this piece of shit got arrested for DV. He's in the backseat of a cruiser of a Crown Vic, which I know you're a fan of. He's in the back of this Crown Vic and he starts trying to kick out the windows. So the officer, they, they open up the doors and they're trying to get him under control. They can't, they end up macing him in the backseat of this car. And then they rip him out and they lay him on the ground, car for a wagon. I'm working the wagon. We go up there, the guy's cuffed behind his back, but he's like flexible. So he keeps reaching around and unbuckling the, uh, the buckle. We got to get him down to headquarters because I think he might've kicked one of the officers in the face. So there's like an assault on the PO. Um, we had to stop like seven times on the freeway before we got down there. When we were almost at the exit, he takes off his seatbelt and he stands up and my buddy and I look at each other. We're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm tired of getting out on the freeway, risking my life to buckle this guy up. We're just going to go down there. Well, we got to the bottom of the ramp. My buddy touched the brakes. I mean, he, and legitimately he wasn't trying to screw with this guy in the back. The guy fell down and then he's rolling around in the back moaning. Oh, I hit my head. Um, that whole thing went under investigation because 
there was a maced uh, prisoner with handcuffs on. I got discipline because I didn't stop the wagon again for like the ninth time and go back and put that guy in handcuffs. That's the kind of stuff that people don't understand happens. They, they, they have absolutely no idea yet. They're the first ones to come out and say, Oh, you guys are fucked up. You don't know what you're doing. You need to be accepting to change because you've been doing it wrong all along, but you don't even know what we've been doing in the first place. How are you going to tell us what we need to change? Those are my thoughts on that. No, I mean, you're, you're exactly right on that. And again, it's that nobody actually knows what we, we do. Yeah. Nobody knows. And that's and why we need all you get is this, this 10 second snippet on the news. Like if your incident would have made the news, it would have just been like 10 seconds where he stood up and he hit the guy, hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That would have been the whole thing. It would have been pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Now I did want to make a quick point about changing the way we do things. Cause I think, and we have been adapting, you know, I was on for eight years. So you know, about the same time frame, give or take. And things changed a fuckload over that time. Every year, every month, the goalposts, the goalposts have always been moving. So cops hate change. You know, that's old joke, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cops hate, you know, when things stay the same and, and when they change. <laughs> it's the goalpost has always been moving yeah. constantly. Now, I think there's some guys where you have to realize too, and this is just words of wisdom, and this is just my opinion. If you're on one of these places where you can't, you can't do anything because your hands are tied. The one thing you do have control over is your work. And when I say that documentation, investigation, good report writing, because maybe it results in a warrant. Maybe that results in whatever, but that's, that's what you can do. Right. And if you're going to stay and do it, then do that. That's just my words of wisdom. So, well, and you do still, it's funny because like, I've, I'm not going to lie. I've been one of the guys that I'm, I've been taking my runs for the last couple of years. Um, but I still, I still do my job. I still respond to my runs and I handle my runs as, as completely as possible to the point that a couple of years ago, I actually got a call from one of our detectives. They were so excited one of the reports that I did, it was like a DV related type thing um, involving threats and protection orders. But one of the reports that I took was detailed enough that one of our federal agency task force, it was actually like the ATF task force was able to use my, my report to get a warrant to go pop this guy. And he ended up going in on federal time and I didn't do anything, but take a report. So it's amazing what yeah. a good report and a good initial investigation will and do. It probably and wasn't even a good report. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah. But but seriously, like I would frequently get shit from people like, why are you writing a report on this? Why are you doing this and that? But then every once in a while, something good came out of it. Yeah. And I, to me, that's like you're doing <clears throat> justice to whoever called you to. Well, there's that. And like I was told when I was coming up, you are never going to get in trouble for taking a report, but you can get in trouble for not taking a report. So like, Oh yeah. I get, I get frustrated with guys when they're on coaching and it's partly because I'm just old and I'm cranky and I don't fucking like new guys, but you know, when you show up on a run, especially if you're the new guy and you're on coaching, you know, you're the one that's taking the report. 
Like, I don't care if it's on my district, but you're on coaching, you're taking the fucking report. So be ready to take a report when you show up on a run. Like I show up on a run and it's like 30 seconds before I got my notepad out. And a lot of times, well, I at least knock on the door, but it doesn't take me any time at all. I got my notepad out and I'm writing stuff down because 99% of the time you're going to take a report. You're going to hand them a number. And if you don't do another thing, they're going to think that they got the best service in the world. And that's kind of part of our job is just making people think that they got served, even if you didn't do anything. And even if nobody ever reads that report that you took other than your sergeant. And, and Mm -hmm. I lost my train of thought because children went pitter pattering. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I would make a point that dudes spend way more time trying to get out of a report. Oh yeah. Then it would just take just a fucking two seconds. I mean, like literally like go park somewhere for 10 minutes, go to the sub for 10 minutes, type out three, four paragraphs. It's way easier than fucking dealing with a complaint. You get paid, you get, although you might miss a pursuit and everything else because you're writing a dumb (laughs) report, but you can clear off a report for pursuit. That's true. But it doesn't take more than a couple seconds and you're never going to get questioned on why you took a report. You know, I, that's one of my keys to completing my runs as quickly as I do is I, you know, you listen to someone for 30 seconds and you know, whether or not you're going to take a report as a, as experienced police officer, you know what they're looking for. And if you're, if they're looking for a report and you start arguing with them, you're going to spend more time arguing than it would have been to take that report. So that's why I just, I whip out my notepad and I start writing down. I'm like, all right, what's your name? What's his name? Okay, good to go. And sometimes they'll still be talking to me, trying to tell me whatever bullshit story about their drama that I don't care about. And I'll write the report number down. They'll be mid-sentence and I'll say, hey, here's your report number. They will literally say, thank you and turn around and walk away. So it's it's so much faster. Just be like, okay, I'll take a report. And I've had sergeants that come and go, you know, and they'll they'll be like, God, Ben, you take so many freaking reports. I'm like, well, I also, the, one of the reasons I take so many reports is because I'm clearing off my runs quickly and moving on to the next one. And yeah. I would say one of the times that I, I got my PP slapped a little bit is because I didn't write a report, which was odd for me, which is mm. a bullshit story, but it is what it is. But it was one of those ones I probably should have wrote a report just to articulate why I didn't take action. But yeah. yeah. So lesson learned. All right. Let's move on to something else. Unpopular opinion. I don't think this is unpopular. I think this is a common opinion. The job destroys faith in humanity more than it restores faith in humanity. Yeah. To, oh yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I don't know if I can add anything to that. Yeah. No, I mean the, I don't know. I would argue ever since I started the job, uh, my opinion on the world is trash, but God, I think everybody's is anymore. I mean, just the, everything's so negative anymore. I just feel like there's this big gray cloud over our planet. Yeah. I don't think it's just us. I don't think it's just us. No, but we see it at such a, a level like, you know, they're still, I mean, they're not at 10,000 feet. They're at like 300 feet. So they can yeah. still kind of see the, the people walking around, but they can't see like how many teeth they're missing and how dirty they are. Um, that's what we see. And, Gosh, oh, I'm trying not to get specific with things, but just some of the some of the things that these people will that that people are not aware of that happens in these communities where 
people have become so dehumanized, dehumanized towards and about each other. Like I've seen people who don't really view themselves as humans anymore because they're just so used to just kind of being animals, working on instincts, and they just accept whatever comes to them from these people. Like, and that's who we're dealing with. And that's why our job is so hard. And that's why things kind of go wrong sometimes. And these other people that live in the suburbs and make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and have their kids in private school, they can't even begin to fathom the stuff that we see on a daily basis. Spaceship, um, dude. I took a spaceship to work. It, it is. Um, I don't know. Well, like, here, I, I had a woman one time. We were, we were called on a, a domestic. And she and her husband or boyfriend, whatever, baby dad, were both adamant that there was nothing physical that happened. So we're initially, we're like, okay, great. And uh, pull the female aside and we get her to elaborate just so we can be crystal clear that nothing happened. And uh, she's like, yeah, you know, I came home late and he was already home. He thought that I was out sleeping with some guy and I swore that I wasn't. And then he, and he got mad, but he calmed down after he checked me. And uh, I was like, what's, what do you mean? He, he checked you. She goes, oh, well, he stuck his hand down my pants and he stuck his fingers up inside me. He could tell that I wasn't sleeping with another dude like 10 minutes prior. So he was cool after that. And it's like, it's wild. Like it's wild. What's acceptable and what's not. Yeah. It's like, you are not even viewing yourself as a human. Um, It's sad. And that's why we have no faith in humanity. And it's hard. It's hard to watch, man. Cause you just, you go to that and you're like, what fucking happened? Yeah. Well, then you spend the next 10 minutes trying to explain to them why that's not okay. And even the victim doesn't understand. They're like, no, that's normal. That's completely okay. Like, no, it's not. This is not how we are. This is not how our society is supposed to be. But we see that. Nobody else sees that. Yeah, no, nobody does. Here's a, this is a good unpopular opinion. I disagree with some of it. But two opinions that they come in hand in hand. First, the first one. By the way, I want to defend myself for the the shitty, this is unrelated, the shitty readings of the uh, giveaways. It's because I'm, I'm leaving out pertinent details so people don't get dimed out. No, it's obvious that you're trying to, <laughs> that you're, you're trying to, because I was just like things. reading through this and I'm like, oh, this is why it always sounds like shit. But anyway, two opinions, they go hand in hand. First, that law enforcement is more than a job. It's not. It's a job we choose based on the type of people we are wanting to serve others, servant leaders, wanting to give back to our communities, making the world safer for our kids, etc. We choose a job because it's what we value in life. But at the end of the day, it's a job. It's what you do to, it's what you do to be a contributing member of society, and it's not a personality. I'll read the second part, and then we'll address all of it. The second part is that we're not heroes just because we put on the uniform. That shit drives me crazy. We may do a heroic thing in the eyes of a victim every once in a while, but that is incident-based and not a blanket statement. Some of the biggest dirtbags I've ever met wear uniforms just because you have one doesn't make you more worthy of the title than a random citizen. What do you think about all that? Oh, that's There's a lot of parts to that. So the first part is just a job. I agree partly. The reason I have this job is because it's just a job. Like I, I had a job. I, I got out of the military and I swore to God that I was not going to become a police officer. I, when I was a little kid, not a little kid, I was 18 years old, just about to go to the military. 
I stopped by a police officer in my local town. I told him, Hey, I want to be a police officer when I get out of the military. Like, what should I do? And he looked at me and he said, don't be a police officer. And I tried everything I could not to become a police officer. Um, I had, I was working in the, I was working as a financial advisor and I had a couple of clients that were cops and they kind of talked me into taking the test. And I, I ended up taking the test and was pissed off enough at my job that I left when I scored high enough. But uh, it was honestly, I took it because it was just a job because I wanted a paycheck that was steady and I wanted good benefits. The reason I think I do well at my job is because I view it as something a little bit more, if that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. And I'm one of those people that I'm kind of of the opinion it's a calling or it should be because I think, and I mean, look, I, you just said it is you looked at it as like a job and a city paycheck, but then you added a caveat, but because, right. That's why I said it's like a partly, yeah, it, but, it but is, if but you also, don't... I, I was drawn to this profession. Like I didn't have a choice. I, I say that frequently too. Like this, this job drew me in. I, it was kind of like a, where I was meant to be forever. And I tried to avoid it, but I couldn't help it. And here I am. And and it's so much more than just a job too, because like when I, I tell people, if you want to be part of something that's bigger than yourself, this is a good job for you. And it really is like a lot of guys that get out of the military and think that they have PTSD, what they're really dealing with is, um, and this is my opinion, they're dealing with some, some depression that they might've been predisposed to before, but they were not um, feeling the effects of their depression because they were always surrounded by a, a bunch of like-minded guys. And when you're in this profession, it's a good place to kind of have that same feeling that you had when you're in the military. So like, I, I don't know. I think that it kind of is, it, it is who you are. It is just a job. And I go to work and I check, I clock in, I clock out every single day, but while I'm there, it's, it's more than that. And you also, it's not something that when you come home, you stop thinking about no matter who you are, you're thinking about your job. And, and this is more so than most. Well, I was going to say the, the money, you know, having a steady paycheck and good benefits, which isn't true of, unfortunately, a lot of guys, it should be mm-hmm. all law enforcement. You got to have that. Why? If basically like, Hey, it's money and a steady paycheck and you don't give a fuck. That's a recipe for disaster. So that's why I kind of lean more towards I'm I'm a it's a calling guy. And I get not everybody's that guy, but if you have the why, like this guy that wrote in, he has the why. You know, because he wants to do, you know, good for his community. There's your why. I'm good with that. I don't I don't think everybody has to subscribe to it's a calling. I mean, that's my opinion of it. But as long as you have the why, I think you're good. Now, the second part which I agree with wholeheartedly is the hero thing what do you think about all that no i do um the hero stuff drives me nuts and like i was literally at a gas station buying something and the cashier was teaching the new employee how to ring up a a a police officer coffee and then the the new employee was like oh yeah he risks his life every day that he puts on the uniform right i just kind of like sigh um no i plus I was, I was in the military and I spent um, multiple years in combat. A lot of people will try to say that everybody that went over is a hero. And that's not true. 
because I've seen real heroes. I think the same is true for what we do. And there's also a lot of people that put on the uniform that not only are they not heroes, but that is such a disgrace to call that person a hero. So yeah, just putting on the uniform alone does not make you a hero. Now I will make an argument that, and not necessarily because, you know, the hero status, but, and I mentioned this on a podcast that I was a guest on is when you're in law enforcement, you do, I mean, there, there's definitely some drawbacks, right? There's some cons to being a cop. And I think for some of us that left, part of the reason you leave is because, hey, look, I don't want to be a hero. I don't want, you know, people lining up to give me free shit. Like, I'm not a cop because I get half off Chipotle or half off, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever. You guys got half off Chipotle out there? Yeah. Man. I almost stayed for that. But, except... You know, the whole exit was always a problem, but <laughs> which you it's weird. Like some of the memes that do better than I expect, like I was like, oh, that's a throwaway meme and you guys loved it. But anyway, I, I also don't want to go out there and knowing what the, some of the effects of the job are on me personally, knowing that I don't feel like the community has my back. And I, I do get the argument. Well, you know, you don't necessarily do it. How do I want to articulate this? You don't, you don't necessarily do it for what other people think, right? Like you're doing it for the right reasons and that shouldn't be the only thing that matters. I get that. I totally get that argument. But, you know, when you don't feel like you're your own chief or, you know, community members, family have your back, that can, that can be harmful, I think. No, it is. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. I don't, I don't know how that applies to that question though. What what's the nexus that you're you're making? The, well, I'm I'm just throwing out the hero thing, right? Like uh, I'm not being a cop because I'm a hero. Yeah. I guess the way I the nexus I saw in is I don't want people like, well, people don't think I'm a hero. So we're, you know, cops are going to quit because you guys don't see us as heroes. That's not what that is. It is I guess the point I was making with that if that makes yeah. sense. Well, it- it would almost, I'd almost want to, because I think that we both view that question differently. Um, okay. And it's, it's curious. I'd be curious to see what that guy's perspective is. Um, because I've, oh, I just I had a thought on something else and I completely lost it. But there's just these topics where someone will, will bring something up and then you'll, you'll counter it. And after a while, you'll realize that we weren't even talking about the same subject. It's interesting. This is a point to be made. Here's a, a an opinion. It's really hard to tell the context of something just by the text of it. Yeah. Because the way I viewed it was, and and I don't think we necessarily disagree. I just wanted to throw that point out there too, is I see, I guess I see how it relates very easily, but you know, you went to public school. Well, I did too. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, and I'll also like, I have, um, I've become friends with some of the people that live in the neighborhood that I work in. And I've had some of them like try to call me a hero, you know, like for things, so the things I did for them from their perspective, what I did was heroic. Like I saved them from a situation that they had no idea how they were going to get out of. It was incredible to them. Um, From my perspective, I'm the guy who knows how to do that. I was built for that. My brain works that way. And it was very easy thing for me to do. I don't accept 
the title of being a hero for that. I understand where they're coming from when they think that. You know what I mean? No, I get that. Yeah. Well, here's a here's an unpopular opinion that I, I believe relates. You may disagree. But I think so. There was a meme I put out a while ago. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. And I saw it reposted somewhere and they got the same comments I got. But it was basically, you know how it is, right? Somebody pays for your coffee and they call you a hero. Mm. It's, oh, it's a, it's a letter Kenny meme where uh, Wayne says, like, don't, don't fucking make this weird. <laughs> and it's, and people are like, well, fine. We just won't fucking buy you coffee anymore. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a goddamn second and listen to what I'm about to say. But again, it's hard to 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 verbalize it. Well, that's yeah. the wrong word. But it's hard to put it out there just in text because you can't put the emphasis on certain words or you know all that good stuff. Yeah. But which is probably a part of our society's having all these problems. But anyway, it's weird. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm honored anytime anybody would buy me coffee or or whatever. It's fucking cool. But it's also weird for me, who doesn't consider myself a hero. Like you were just describing, like I'm just doing what I'm, I know how to do. It's weird to get that attention and be called a hero. You know what I mean? Like I'm not Captain America. I'm not Iron Man. I'm not the Hulk. Yeah. And, but I will say I could see why people see that as a turnoff though, because they don't understand that or we don't articulate that the right way. And maybe that's just a time that law enforcement, we just need to kind of like zip it and keep our mouth shut and just be, Hey, thank you very much. No, there is a there is a time to be gracious and then yeah there's a time not to be so it's hard and sometimes people just kind of catch you out of the wrong mood too it happens yeah we're not perfect so if anybody's out there that's not a cop wait a minute a cop- are you trying to say that police officers are not perfect are you are you really trying to make that argument that what? police officers are not perfect what i would never say that cops do everything right all the time every single right. time there's never been a mistake ever okay i was just making sure that we we're clear on that because Every time I say something that might dispute some anti-cops perspective, I'm told that I must only I must believe that cops are always right 100 percent of the time. Are you so licking sure. boots right now? Um, well, I don't have any boots within my reach, but I would if I I'm could. not gonna lie. The 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 meme with like the boots on the platter, where it's like, "Sir, your boots," it does make me <laughs> laugh every time I see it because it is funny. <laughs> Oh, these um, people are nuts. They are. It is fucking crazy. But <laughs> yeah, it is funny though, because people are like, you know, you fucking bootlegger, blah, blah, blah. Okay, look, as a cop, I support obviously I support cops. My dad's a cop. All that good stuff. But I'm look, I think cops generally do a fairly good job of saying, hey, yeah, that was fucked up. I mean, like after George Floyd thing happened, yeah, everybody was like, Yeah, that was fucked up. But it didn't matter. You know, people got out ahead of it. And was, yeah, that was fucked up. That was the guy was on yeah. his fucking stomach for eight minutes. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's not how we're trained. That's not how we're trained. Yeah. But it didn't matter to all those people. And like, look at my page. I fucking make fun of cops all day. Yeah. That's what that page is. And somebody's like, I don't understand why you, you make fun of cops because you could make fun of firefighters. And I do. But like it's low hanging fruit. Am I going to make fun of yeah. firefighters like all day? No, it's boring. Well, and you it's fun make to stir the fun pot of people a who bit. can't defend themselves either. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Now I will say, 
this is this is one that was up there. And so this kind of relates since we're talking about the whole bootlegger thing. One of the unpopular opinions was that cops shouldn't enforce unconstitutional oh, laws. God. Now, I don't know. We, you know, this isn't like pre-rehearsed or anything. I didn't fucking feed you any of these questions, but I'm just going to throw something out there. Okay. We have this like whole system where lawmakers that you elected make certain laws. And then there's this whole like checks and balances and all these courts, they make that determination. Right now. I'm not like if obviously like if if there's something that's like completely like way a hundred percent super fucked up, obviously. Right. But like the view of what's unconstitutional really is in the eye of the beholder. Right. Yeah. Well, I, um, I was thinking about making a video about this topic as a matter of fact, because, Oh, it drives me crazy. I get, I get messages from people that are like, now look, I have a bunch of fucking guns that I used to own that were all lost in a, uh, a boating accident. Terrible. Like I'm talking about a lot of guns, really some really cool shit. Um, so I love, I freaking love guns and I'll get these people that will, it's always these two a nut jobs. And I, I, I'll call them that. I don't really care because what they do is they distort what's happening to the second amendment and they distort like what I do as a police officer with regard to the second amendment. And they'll always say, Oh, well, when they pass the gun making or the law making all guns illegal, are you going to, you know, enforce that law? And I was, my first answer is it's not going to happen. So shut up. Like you're making a clown out of yourself by asking me that question. And then the second thing I'll say is, okay, I'm a sworn police officer. Do you think I'm going to do you or me any favors by coming out today and saying, if you pass this law or that law, I will, or I will not enforce it. Like that doesn't do anybody any good. I have discretion. Don't take discretion out of my hands. And then kind of the other part of it too, is there's a lot of laws on the books right now that aren't getting enforced um what's another law that comes in that doesn't get enforced like people need to chill out about this topic is kind of like my take on it and one of the kind of one of the examples i would show is i can't show the picture but if you were to come into the substation where i work we have a a dry erase board with probably close to 20 addresses written on it those addresses are all addresses of known drug dealers. Um, we know that drugs are being bought and sold in that house. We don't have time to hit them all. We don't have time to do the things to get a search warrant, to get a judge to sign it so we can do a proper investigation, hit that house and arrest the people that are running it. There's no way in hell that if Joe Biden comes out today and makes all forms of semi-automatic rifles illegal, that we're going to be able to go out and start confiscating these things. So that there's that. And then there's the, your point where you don't want rogue cops making the law about themselves. It's not my job to agree with the law or disagree with the law. 
it's just not because like let's say let's say I, I drive a a really fast car and I don't agree with speed limits that I will never ever enforce a speed limit now I'll tell you that I've never written a speeding ticket in 10 years but I'm never going to say that I won't because if I'm driving down a city street and someone goes flying by me at 70 miles an hour there's a good chance that I'm going to pull up behind that person and we're going to have a conversation so like you you just you don't want road cops thinking that they make the law and there's also if you if you currently disagree with cops you don't want that cop telling deciding which laws he's going to enforce and which ones he thinks are constitutional or unconstitutional the whole thing is just so flawed that's my take on it look we can go back and forth and argue about the our opinions on laws and all the shit but look we have a system in place right that's what we set up that's what we want well yeah. we'll see how that goes but the, <laughs> the world is a changing but i don't know man i just i feel like those guys kind of waste their time on shit that's like not realistic and I, I don't know it it's kind of crazy like i don't know they don't they don't help themselves out like i'm a very pro-gun guy and i'm like one of those dudes that makes the argument like yeah this is all stupid i don't want to talk about this but <laughs> it is i mean like it's just stupid like it's we're we're rehashing like plowed ground it's like it's like being at the fucking the window of the guy's car where he said you know i'm a a whatever what do they fucking even say anymore like i'm not i am I know, being a traveler am i being detained yeah. am i have i committed a crime sir have i committed a crime like you're in the fucking country we are land of laws pennsylvania versus memes memes bye <laughs> pennsylvania versus memes i like that better um yeah. anyway yeah that whole shit just like drives me nuts and like i don't know and everything right now is so tense because you know, the mass mandates and this and that. And it's just wild. Like people just have this, you know, guys are like, oh, people are getting arrested for not wearing masks. No, they're not. Yeah, That's not why they're getting arrested. They're getting arrested because a business is asking them to leave and they're not leaving. Businesses can fucking do that. So that shit's not happening, at least in the States that I've ever heard of. No, no. Now, I will say that some of the businesses are being a little bit ridiculous and the way they're addressing people is a little bit ridiculous. Cause I, I actually got called to, and I've, I've been on first shift for eight, eight or nine months now. And I got called to my first like mask thing the other day. And I couldn't believe it. I was so excited when she's like, telling me about it. I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like, I can't wait to just give this guy a warning and tell him to go away and that these people are crazy. But she's like giving me the details about how she, so this guy walks into a store with, with into a restaurant, a fast food restaurant without a mask on. And she says, you can't buy food without a mask. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, OK, I'm sorry. I'll go back out to my car and get a mask. Then she was like, well, he went out that side door and I told him not to use that side door because it's broke. Because the last person I told that they couldn't buy food without a mask, they broke my fucking door. So the guy goes out through the broken door to get a mask that and she was mad that he went out through that door that was broken by someone she already yelled at for not having a mask on. So then he comes back in with a mask on and she, and he was like, Hey, I'm going to go to the restroom and wash my hands. She goes, no, you can't use the restroom. That's only for customers. And you're not a customer until you've ordered something. Oh he's like, gosh. he's like, listen, I'm going to go wash my hands and then I'm going to come order my sandwich. And she freaking called the police over that. 
And now I've got this guy who, if he was one of those people who was so inclined, he could have put his phone up in selfie mode and be like, this cop is here trying to get on me for not wearing a mask and blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, I'm just here to keep the peace. You know what I mean? And I ended up telling him, I was like, you know, it's a private business. She's allowed to, she thought you were being unreasonable and she's allowed to tell you to leave. And it is what it is, man. And I was like, you don't want to be around these people anyway. It's like, go across the road. Like, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. So yeah, that's I would, me nuts. you know what? I, I would put some of this on the health departments and I try to stay away from COVID land on the podcast and we'll continue to do that. But there's, you know, people can report to the health department. Oh, this business has people in without masks. And I think it's scared these businesses so much that yeah. they're like, well, I don't want to lose my business license or I don't want to be on some fucking list. And so there's like this hysteria about all this shit. And I think, and then just with everything else, like everything right now on this planet, everybody's so fucking tense. Yeah. They're on edge. Everybody's on edge. Cause What's next? Like we have the Omnicrom or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> What's next? What's yeah. the next, you know, what? It's like a, a fucking roller coaster right now, but it's like, no, this, no roller coasters are fun. This isn't fun. No. Uh, yeah. It's just like this. All right. This sucked. Okay. Now what's the fucking next horrible thing? Like there's, well, it, you know, it's like, what's good, right? It's well, it's like my relief from whatever I'm angry about right now is going to be the next thing that I can be angry about rather than like not being angry anymore. Yeah. There's it's just like, too much anger. There is. So I that's why I ask people love. if they poop their pants, because that just releases some of that anger, I think in the world. Yeah. A lot of people do poop their pants. Have you ever pooped your pants? Have I ever, I'm sure I have now as an adult, are you talking about just like a little nugget or like a full on dude? If anything hits the underwear, man, uh, not quite to underwear, maybe between the cheeks, maybe a nugget between the cheeks. <laughs> a McNugget. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous of your solid poops. Anyway, um, well, we hit another high note on this podcast. Now, unpopular opinion. Our wives don't need to be involved in every single aspect of the job. The less they know, the better. What do you think about that, pal? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to tell exactly where he's coming from, but I can tell you that, um, and man, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> and, um, my wife doesn't think of herself as a police wife. My wife is my wife. She's Ben's wife. Um, we have our family. We do what we do. She knows what I do. I talk about all aspects of the job with her. Um, she's not in any of the police wives face groups. Facebook groups. Um, she doesn't have any of the other police wives phone numbers. She doesn't do any of the fundraisers, any of that kind of stuff. Um, when we go to like parties or like, you know, the, the holiday party or whatever we do with other cops, it's really funny because the wives will kind of all circle her and like try to talk police wife with her and it kind of grosses her out. So is that an answer to that question? Like she knows Dude, everything. I think we're on the same boat with that. I, yeah, I like the police wife thing and I don't want like anybody to start crying, but I think it sometimes is fucking over the top. 
And to me, it's one of those things, what gets posted in those groups, it's always the worst case scenario, right? Like people are there for the fucking drama, right? Like yeah. don't, don't kid yourselves. People aren't there Ooh. for like the support or whatever. They're for fucking Jerry Springer. They want to hear about the fucking dirty gossip. Like my, my fucking husband's banging whoever, and I don't know what to do. And fucking, I, maybe I'll get some hate mail for this. I don't know. But that kind of is, it's a thing, man. I've heard of it. I've seen it in these groups. Oh, like I, we're so far, far removed from it that we don't even hear about that kind of stuff. To be oh honest. yeah. It's a thing. Um, and I'm sure it's a thing. It's just in, in like the, the need for support and all that. I, That's one thing good. that I was told coming into this job, like when, you know, in my Academy, we had the actual psychiatrist that are contracted through the department come in and talk to us about different things. And one of the things they were talking about is that after you work this job long enough, you're going to find out all your cops, your, all your friends are cops. And they were urging that you try to maintain some of your relationship with some of your previous friends. Um, we've done a pretty good job of that. Like my wife's friends, none of them are police wives. Um, not that my buddy's wives are all cool as fuck, you know, like she'd probably get along with them really well, but there's no need to force that relationship. A lot of people think that you do need to, um, her support group is people that kind of understand what she's going through, but they are not from the same world. So they're not going to kind of feed into a lot of what she wants. Now, if something really traumatic happened, um, I have full confidence that my buddy's wives would help her out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say, and not necessarily on the, the police wife train, maybe that was the wrong way to put it, but <laughs> oh my god i got my drum and i didn't even this, fucking hit it are we talking about swingers i would i would argue that i think i get not telling your wife everything and, and this comes from a dude that didn't tell her about like one of the most fucked up calls in my career for a long time i probably should have talked to her about it and it, it probably would have done me well just to talk to somebody about it so i get I think there's a balance. And honestly, I think it depends on your relationship with your wife and what you guys, how you guys communicate. Cause I don't think it's like a one size fit all thing. No. Like there might be wives where don't want to hear about it and that's cool. And the guy doesn't want to talk about it and that works for them. That's awesome. Depending on who you are, maybe you do need to talk about it. <laughs> maybe you don't want to freak her out. So it's not a one size fit all solution. For sure. I, I think it just kind of depends, man. So whatever, really, whatever works for you in your marriage, I think is the way to go. No, it does. But also, like, if you're going to take that, like, hardcore attitude, like, she doesn't need to hear about everything. No, I I mean, my wife's my best friend. And I think that's what a good marriage is. I, I could be. I'm Well, no, I'm not wrong about that. That's what a good no, marriage dude, is. You're not wrong about that at all. That's the way it fucking <laughs> you know, should be. Like, your wife should be your best friend. And, like, yeah, I'll come home from work and my wife will say, hey, how was work? And I'll I'll look at her and say, you know what? You don't want to hear about it. And and also that's because I just got done dealing with it. And I don't want to talk about it. Um, like we've had in the last last couple of months, we had a couple of dead babies. Um, when I come home from work, that's still fresh on my mind. It's when that happens. That's like the only thing that you can think about for a long period of time. When I come home from work, I don't want to talk about it. I I just don't. I'll, I'll fill her in eventually 
or, you know, once it's kind of settled down and I've kind of dealt with it in my own way. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing that happens at work that I don't eventually tell her about if it's something of consequence. And I, I'll say that I think that's important. Um, so I'll, the, the, the way that that question was phrased or that statement was phrased came across to me as maybe a little bit macho. That's not the stance I take on life. So there you go. Yeah. I, Oh man, dude, we're like almost two hours in and there's so much shit I want to talk about with that just statement, <laughs> but I, I'm going to go ahead and leave that alone for now because now fuck it. I'll talk about it. I, God, man, I like, there's this like weird dynamic in the world where like, I think dudes are like way over the top macho or like way like Metro. Is that even a thing anymore? Oh man, um, you're taking me back. That's an old, that's an old term. I I was trying to think of what the best thing to say was, but when I say I'm taking you back, like, was that, is that hit close to home there, pal? (laughs) No, because back when that term was being used, I was like the most macho guy you've ever met. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I I'm a big believer in like, we've just every fucking thing on this planet. There's just like the way big extremes. There's not like, you know, just normal but whatever anyway um i'm gonna wrap a whole bunch into one because a bunch of people kind of had the similar thing but i also don't think it's an unpopular opinion is that the culture of law enforcement is toxic and that's something i've addressed in a couple podcasts now and also that the brotherhood has turned into every man for himself in some in some of the bigger departments which I would say that's that's can be fairly accurate in what I saw in my department. Not you know not necessarily true for all, but I mean it felt that way. I think well, if you work for a big enough department, I work for a pretty big department. We have almost two thousand sworn. Um, it it depends on what part of the city you work. Um, the city that I work for, we have five zones. Each zone is its own place. Um, there's precincts on the city that i guarantee yeah it's every man for himself but the zones where actually real stuff happens um you you can't survive if you're that kind of cop um i've seen them come and go they get run off um they go to one of those other places so i don't know if it's if you can even say it's like um depends on the department i think it depends on most the the precinct that you work because where i work no, it's not every man for himself. Like we, not only do we, I don't want to say we stick up for each other. We back each other up, but we all have a very similar mindset. Um, I'm trying to think of this, how to tell the story without getting into too many details. There's a, a domestic violence type situation that we're dealing with a, uh, a particular person who has been having a lot of problems with uh, the other half. And we all, when we deal, when we take a call from that person, we all share it with each other and we're all of a hundred percent in the same mindset. We're like, you know what, that person that lives on that street in that house, they deserve our support. And we're all united in that. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Like there might be moments of, you know, well, that person, they're going to go and fool around and get tied up on some dumb shit. Let them do that. But on the major issues, no, we're hundred percent united and I, I love to see it. So 
that's that's good to hear, man, because I thought that was dead in a lot of places. It's not it's not where I am. That's I don't, I don't want to be too specific about where I work, um, but the officers that work the area that I work tend to spend their whole careers there because it's a very special, unique place. And they they take ownership of that area. And like in order to kind of take the beating that we take on a daily basis, you have to be committed to it. So the people that work in the specific area that I work at are dedicated to it. So I don't have to deal with some of the other stuff that some of these other guys have to, um, because when those people come into where I work, they, they're out of there. They're like, you know what, this is too crazy for me. I'm out. It, I've, I've seen it so many times. You know, and I don't think where I worked compared to where you work, but my district where I worked was kind of like that, but man, towards the end, it just, it seemed like it just kind of fell off the rails and especially with everything changing is it just wasn't the same place it was. And, you know, some of the, the people in leadership positions there, even leadership positions on the road, like the staple guys of the department and that that district fucking left because they're like, this is stupid. We can't, we can't do our jobs anymore. But I do want to address the toxic environment. So based on our conversation, what you're saying, you feel where you're, you're, your corner of the world. It's not, it's fine. As far yeah. as the guys go, the culture goes. No, I think it's, it's a very positive attitude to be honest. Um, I mean, it's negative in a sense that, <laughs> When we come in, we, we're sitting at the roll call table. We're all joking about like, if we're above minimum staffing, uh, we're all like, damn, who, who's going to go home? Because nobody wants to be there. But once we kind of get into it, everybody's very, very cordial with each other. And like, very, I, I, I can tell you that um, I feel just, I really feel like I belong in this unit. And it feels like I've been there for a decade. It feels like one of my closest military units I was ever in. And I've only been there for like eight, nine months. And I'm like one of the newest guys. So like that, that's something important. And it, I don't think that's, no, there's nothing toxic about it. And my, my department across the board, I don't think it's, there's any toxic environment. Um, there's a lot of negativity towards some of the shit that's being thrown at us. Like when your mayor hires a law firm and pays them almost a million dollars to fabricate <laughs> these charges against officers that aren't going to go anywhere in court. Um, you're sending a real signal to what you think about your officers and there's a negativity that comes with that. But as far as the department itself, I think they've still kind of kept their head up and uh, been determined to do the job to the best that they're allowed to do given the circumstances. So I, I don't know. That's how I feel on that topic. That's fantastic to hear, man. That that gives me some hope, and hopefully some of the people listening, it gives some hope. But for a lot of people, including myself, holy fucking shit, it's toxic. And it's toxic for different reasons in different places. Cause and I've had debates or conversations with, you know, guys, social media guys in other parts of the country where I'll debate something and they're like, no, that doesn't exist. Or no, what are you talking about? Because you know, some people, depending on where, where they work, they'll make the argument that the biggest problem is other guys, other guys in the department, you know, whether it be meatheads or, you know, guys that don't respect mental health of others or, or whatever it may be. 
or you know then you'll have the old other thing where like hey you know the, the apartment ups they don't have you know they won't take care of you and guys will sell each other out so they don't get in trouble and shit like that and i think part of the toxicity and i brought it up i think it was last week or the week before no it's two weeks ago is you know like I, the constant negative i think is toxic like and i make memes that are negative the funniest memes are negative for the most part yeah, they're dark they're dark they're negative and i've i've recognized that for some people that's not helping anything for some people it does but for a lot of people i think it does but being subjected to the constant negativity about the job or whatever it fucking takes a toll um and i don't know exactly what the right answer is i, I think there's a lot of personal responsibility if you're one of those guys being toxic or, or if you're in one of those toxic places to stand up and make a difference but I think there's just, it's one of those things where you're kind of just overwhelmed with a shitstorm of everything going on. You don't even know where to start yeah. to make things better. Well, I mean, I have, there's obviously, there's always going to be toxic officers. Um, you're going to have that no matter where you are. But the funny thing with me, and it's something that's really been interesting as far as my career has been, is that I've had guys, and it, partly it's because I come from a different background because I have my military experience and some stuff like that. And I, I kind of carry myself differently than some uh, guys my age. Um, I've had guys with like a lot more experience private call me. I don't know if you guys could do that where you could call each other's cars and they, they'll private call me and they're like, Hey Ben, um, can you meet up over here? So I go meet up with them. And I remember one night I had a guy that had like eight years experience on me. It was when I was still working nights. And he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, I don't know if I can do this much longer. He's like, how do you do it? And I'm just talking to him like, I don't, you know, we just have this conversation instead of him being negative and being like a, a, a sour apple or a, a bad apple spoiling the whole bunch. He, he decided to like pull someone aside and kind of talk to them about it. And I, there's a lot of that going on. It's very rare that I see these like mass negativity things like spreading out. We're kind of all united too against a com common asshole. You know, what's fucked up is Towards the end, I pulled aside a senior guy who I thought relatively high, highly of. He did things a little differently than I do, but I, I think overall he was a good cop. And I pulled him aside and I said, hey, man, I'm fucking done. I'm so burnt out. But, you know, you've been here forever and you continue to be out here and, you know, you never miss a day. What's the secret? You know, what what's your opinion on everything going on? And we talked for a while and I started to kind of feel a little bit better about shit. And the next day they got him for something. <laughs> and he was like, fuck this, I quit. He didn't even answer. He was no just done. Like they said, Hey, uh, come in, we need to talk to you about this or that. And he's like, I'm done. And he just laughs. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Fuck oh me you know so that wasn't like a good That's thing a kick in the nuts it was a huge kick in the nuts uh. but now the next one i wanted to get to in uh this it's very interesting because this comes up more often than i would think it would but this fella puts in here most cops should be men we definitely need some women but most <laughs> should be men jesus christ uh, I made a video about this. Oh, did you? I did. Um, and for those that are still listening that haven't tuned out, it's thoughts <laughs> of a patrol officer. So, not I, of a police officer. 
not of a police officer it's a patrol officer because okay. i work patrol and i patrol the streets and okay. i'm a regular guy i i think of when i think of the word patrol officer versus police officer i think of someone that's actually like a, a dedicated like working person i think of a police officer as more of an official term if that makes any sense i'm a patrol well, officer I work if patrol. i go back to the road i'm gonna call myself a bobby or a peeler good luck with that yeah it'll go well um you're you are gonna go back you think so yeah um i think it's in do, you do we want to have some story time on the podcast about that um it's your People podcast might be interested. it is my podcast so I am like, I don't want people to think I'm not like full bore with this thing. Cause I think this is a really cool thing and it seems to be going pretty good. I don't know if we're going to hit the million downloads this year to, to secure a PM PM patch. Mm. We'll see. It'd be really cool. Um, we'll see. But I, I did maybe talk to a police chief out here about a job. I learned my, uh, I learned that my certification in Colorado doesn't transfer over here so hot. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have to go to Academy. Oh, is it an abbreviated Academy though? It is, but it's live in. Oh, fuck. That's problematic for my family structure. Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily mean no forever. Cause apparently I, I have some time to go back, but um, with like a little kid in the house and all that is probably not realistic, but yeah. there are some other law enforcement alternatives, but I really that kind of cemented for me like you know what maybe I need to be this was this was before I made my all my decisions about everything but I was like I really need to be focused on making this as poorly as possible. You know I when I took my job as a financial advisor my first time the one thing that one piece of advice they gave us is that uh, you need to burn your bridges and that's often deemed as a negative but it's also like you don't need to have a backup plan and like don't consciously have a backup plan because if you consciously have a backup plan you're always going to kind of half-ass what you're doing and you're always going to know that you can fall back on that other plan where if you're if putting food on the table depends on what you're currently doing um you need to put all your effort into that and you not need to have zero thought into other options so if you're able to do that um you have my support 100 like i i actually i hope you're able to do it i i would love to see that I would love to see it too. I do yeah. disagree with that though. The eggs in the one basket thing. Yeah, you can disagree all you want. It doesn't make you right. No, I think I am right. Because <laughs> here, here's my opinion, and I'm I'm just stating this for cops out there. Like for my circumstance, I think that is the absolute right mindset to have. But in law enforcement, shit happens, right? You get hurt. Yeah, but blow that- out of knee. In law enforcement, you're not creating something. You're not building something. You're well, going I know, to I know. I, but I just, I, I feel that a lot of guys get backed something. into, I think a lot of guys get backed into a corner because they get backed into this. This is all I wanted. They put, you know, they get, you know, degrees in uh, criminal justice. They, they have which that egg, that, which are completely worthless. Yeah. They have all the eggs in the basket. And then God forbid something happens or they get there and they're like, this isn't what I thought it would be. Yeah. Or I don't like it. Which is okay. Like I, I hate this like notion that we, you know, go after people that end up like, eh, I don't like it. It's not no. for everybody. No, it's not for the, everybody. So it's good to have a fall. Though, some, it's good to have something to fall back on, is what I'm saying. It, no, it is for 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 that, but not if you're trying to build your own business. Oh yeah. Um, 
if, and I'm not talking about a business that depends on customers, you know, like if you open a restaurant and nobody's coming into your freaking restaurant at some point in time, you have to realize, hey, you know, I need to make a, a decision here. But if you're doing something that like you're, you're building a client base and this, like kind of what you're doing, if you need to be committed to that and maybe up the um, production, you know, you might have to do that, but that's where your focus should be. What are you trying to say? No, I'm talking about, <laughs> maybe I should say your productivity, not your production. You should keep it poorly made. Yeah. I wouldn't want to lose my roots. Now it's kind of fucked up that we went on a tangent when, with the question what at that, hand. What was that I don't question even, again? The question was, is basically the unpopular opinion that most cops should be men. We oh. need a few women, but most should be men. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Most cops are going to be men no matter what, naturally, just through choice. But I've, I made a video on this and my video was more of our women, our female cops worthless. And they're not. Um, most of my partners that I've had, like, uh, as far as regular partners, people that choose to work with me over the years have been female. And it's maybe, because of that mustache, pal. You know, I didn't always have the mustache. I've, I've maybe I've had it ever, all the times that I've had female partners though. I don't know. And, but part of that might be the fact that I'm kind of a bigger guy. I'm like 230 pounds and I lift and I'm strong. So maybe the females are like, Hey, I need this guy to kind of counterbalance my physical attributes. And I feel comfortable with that because as long as I can bear hug somebody, they can usually put them in cuffs. It's not a big deal. Um, but there's so many things that females bring to the job that men don't that they provide a benefit that people it's like an intangible thing and I, I i get really annoyed when usually the topic is females shouldn't be cops and i get really annoyed with that topic and i when people say that i tell them that they're stupid and their opinion doesn't matter Dude. the fact that most cops are going to be males that's never going to change it that's just a fact that's a natural fact so I, what cracks me up again, and I make memes about everything and in most comment sections are lighthearted, but I swear to God, if I make a meme that is specifically addressing how it's like to be a female cop, which other than having boobs, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, dude. Like every time I post one of those memes, people in the comment sections, or well, chicks shouldn't be cops anyway. It's like without fail. The yeah. like the biggest crybabies on memes are the TikTok TikTok cops. Oh, that's great. They they cry at like people cry about that shit all the time. Like fuck look, those guys. Don't you're singing and dancing on patrol? Like it's embarrassing. It's cringy. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I, I like you're not gonna get me to change my mind on that. I'm not saying like none of those dudes are not like when they're not being cringy, aren't good cops or good people. I'm not saying that at all. It's fuck. I just can't. It's not my thing. I don't like it. Some people who think that's fine. I think it's cringy and embarrassing. That's my opinion. But there's a lot of people that do that shit. They're good sport about it. Deputies. Holy fuck. Do I make shit in front of deputies all the fucking yeah. time? Great sports about it. But fuck. Do I make a meme about TikTokers or female cops in the fucking peanut gallery, man? And it's be, I don't know what it's all about. Like, oh, chicks shouldn't be cops. Chicks, whatever. Dude, like, just 
holy fuck what year is it why are we still talking about shit like this it's yeah. it, it's like un, unbearable well and i i did a video on my body camera channel last year and i went over the use of force statistics for my department and we have a use of force it's something like 0.00125% of the time that we go on a run and people are always like ah oh, women shouldn't be cops cuz they can't fight a dude that's 6 foot five 340 pounds and he's a former professional boxer well guess what that guy's gonna kick my ass too <laughs> so like shut the fuck up you don't know what the fuck you're talking about hey bro don't you do bjj three times a day and ignore yeah. your children and yeah. don't feed your cat i don't but i can squat like 500 and some pounds and it's worthless i don't know you can throw some fucker oh i can except for when i can't let's oh. have him yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get in the whole like BJJ thing again, but yeah, it just holy fuck. Just there's <laughs> you know it's it's crazy. Like there's I feel like there's some dudes like they have like the perfect vision for a cop and like if you don't fit in that parameter, you can't. Yeah. You can't. And then we'd have like four cops yeah. on the planet. And and there'd be a lot of shit that they couldn't do right because they're not built for it. Look there's going to be different types of personalities. Like there's nothing you can do to change that. That's going to be a thing. People have different personalities, even within the quote unquote, a personalities. Yeah. You're going to have those guys that are really good at taking reports. You're going to have those guys that can't complete a sentence, but fuck, are they good tactical or they understand tactics? Good. You need all those working parts. I think it's better to be more well-rounded again. Nobody's going to be perfect, but anyway, no, I was just going to say, it doesn't matter. It's kind of a silly point because the majority of cops are always going to be men. If we ever get to a point where the majority of cops are females, then I'll address that topic. Okay. It's 2050. All cops are females. Let's say 60% of cops are females. What do you say then? I don't know. How's it working out? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. How is it working out? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know here's what's interesting oh wait there was one more i wanted to talk about that was kind of let me find it here but it, it kind of relates to what we're talking about here is okay other than and you correct me if i'm wrong but about of all the like viral police videos and i guess we've seen a few where like i hate the shit on new york but I like posted a few new york cops are like getting the fuck beat out of them with like four of them yeah. And there's like a female officer. I've seen a couple where like a female officer is struggling to, you know, get a hold of a guy, but there's always been a guy cop there too. Yeah. But of most of the viral videos, besides Kim Potter, most of the like really fucked up ones, they're all dudes, right? Yeah, I think so. For the most part. I mean, that I know yeah. that's not like exactly correct. I'm sure there's differences here and there. Yeah. For the like everything I can think of, like immediately at hand. This, this is actually not what I was going to go with. This is really good. We need supporters, in quotes, to stop blindly ignoring blatant bad cops. Yes. I can't say yes to that enough. You know, I'm not going to go with the bad cops. I'm going to say with bad incidents. Because there's going to be a lot of good cops that have bad incidents. Okay, uh, fair enough. It doesn't make them a bad cop. But yes, I agree. I have an incident very front of mind that I 
I can't talk about. Um, but yeah, there's there's somewhere they'll say something like, well, the guy should have just complied. And it's like, did you watch what the officer did like up until that point? Like, yeah, like, no, just comply is not the fucking answer now because he, that cop was going to beat his ass regardless. You know, like there's some weird things out there that, yeah, I agree. And it, yeah, I'll just go with that. Well, let me ask you something though. You brought up an interesting point, And I think it's worthy of discussion is you said, and quote me if I'm wrong, but you said there are good cops that have bad incidents. Yeah, doesn't make them a bad cop. What if it's a really bad incident? I think it's fair to say, like, you could be a good cop and a good dude and fuck up bad on a call. I think yeah. that's totally fair, but I think you can fuck up so bad on a call that you become a bad cop, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think it it requires a little bit of consciousness yes that's what i'm talking about like like i don't think most most of these like incidents are not conscious decisions and, and i'm trying to think of some of the other viral ones well i mean like even think about the kim potter thing there was no intent on her part to kill that no that's None a good at one. all because i i did a video on that and i talked about that and i i had an argument with one of my buddies about it he's from minnesota he's retired now he worked SWAT for like 20 of his 25 years um and he posted something on facebook it sounded like he was defending her and i i commented i was like dude would you want to work with her like she thought she had a taser in her hand and it was turned out as a firearm she could have shot you or your buddies like she had no business being a cop and he's like well no you're right but she's not the monster they're making her out i'm like i'm 100 on board with you there my my whole point that i made in the video is that she was wrong she fucked up she shouldn't have been a cop like she should never be a cop again and she probably there were probably some signs prior to that that she shouldn't have been a cop anymore and that nobody took the steps or there was no like um hard and fast documentable evidence that they could use to remove her from her position and she should be held accountable for her actions my only problem is that maybe criminal charges don't fit in that case um it, it should be i think she should be held liable for or she should be open to civil charges and she should lose her job and whatever administrative punishments are handed down um, now i could be wrong i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that she was like that city's officer of the year like a few years prior ugh. not only that but she was some kind of trainer or something yeah i I don't know, man. And a lot of dudes, I think there's constructive learning. Like we can look at a video and learn from it, but then there's also like the fucking like Monday morning quarterback, like, fuck, I would have never done that. Yeah. Like to me, a lot of that is a training failure on her, on the department, you know, like she basically said like, Oh, I never got any training about, you know, basically like, um, God, I, I, I cannot think of the fucking terminology, but we would get that shit all the time and stuff transitioning. But th there's a specific word about like, you know, basically a term. Some, I'm sure somebody will get me in the comments later, but basically when I went through all that sort of training, like we talked a lot about positioning of the taser and, mm. you know, grabbing the right weapon and things like that. And all of this good stuff. Now, 
look, shit happens. And I'm not, I'm not defending it because that dude was running. And, and I guess her, def- her defense was basically like, hey, under Minnesota law, she could have shot him because her partner was being dragged in that car or was going to get dragged in that car. Mm. It, the body camera, when the body camera is her saying she's going to go to prison after she shoots that dude, I, I don't know how you could say that. I don't know how that could possibly be your defense because that wasn't what she was thinking. She clearly meant to tase that kid. There's no like yeah. debate in my mind. But no, I, I think it was a good It's a training thing. failure. It's an absolute yeah. there's a well, training and, failure. And it's on her too. Like you have to know what you're holding and you have to be competent in your abilities. But we do my biggest bitch right now is training. Cops people are like cops need more training. Fuck yes. Yeah. Stop sending us police one videos. <laughs> you know please. Here's an unpopular opinion from me is that it's not training that's the issue. My perspective, because I, I work for a department, it's a large department, and we have excellent training. Uh, we go to defensive tactics at least twice a year where we're trained in transitions and all that kind of stuff. We do a lot of ground fighting and immobilization techniques. The guys that train us are jujitsu black belts. I mean, we go to firearms three, four times a year. We have excellent legal updates. Our training is exceptional. Like we have probably some of the best training of any police officers in the entire country. Where you're going to find discrepancies is from officers that work in areas where they use, they put that training to use regularly. And then you go to another area of the city where they are not forced to put their training to use on a regular basis. It's all perishable. It is. And like, I, it's, this might come across the wrong way, but like, I don't think that I need to go to all these trainings, like me personally, I'll take all the training I can get. Trust me. Like I'll, I love going to training. I enjoy it. I learn something new every time I go. But if you're talking about like legal requirements, I don't think that I am required to go to training as often as, cause I take 10, 15 runs a day. I draw my gun right like probably four or five times a day. I'm drawing my weapon. Um, I'm de-escalating incredibly intense situations at least once or twice a day. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Um, you go to another precinct on my same department where those guys might draw their weapon once or twice a month. Um, they might take two or three runs a day on a busy day. Um, these like exceptionally chaotic high pressure evolving situations they might deal with twice a year um the the training impacts us differently and my biggest thing that i try to get people to understand like you've had some guys that work for some incredibly small departments on here and like they 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 might have a homicide like once a year twice a year yeah where it's not common, it's not uncommon for me to now on day shift, it's not the same. But when I was on nights, it's not uncommon for me to have two in one week. And the kind of the reason that I have this belief is because I hear from the detectives that come out. You know, when we have a major scene, we we secure the scene, we secure the witnesses, we get the story, we call the detectives, they come out. Um, they will often tell us, they're like, man, I love coming out to this zone. 
because when I come out, everything is set up exactly the way I need it. And it's just done. I can just interview my people. I can clearly see and I'm done. When they come to some of these precincts where stuff doesn't happen as regularly, they're literally showing up, telling them where to put tape. And that's not something a detective should have to do. I don't know if it's how it was where you came from. Oh, no. Like, yeah, that was the, the tapes going up like hours before the detectives got. Yes. There. And initially, like fucking tapes going up, you know, I've we literally I've had to um, cut the tape so the medic could leave before. Like, that's how efficient we are where I work. Meanwhile, there's there's other precincts in the city where it's not that way. And it's not a training issue because we all have the same training. So like, that's one place where I, I take issue with this talk about training and how to fund training and all that. It's, it's more complicated and it's more nuanced than that. I'll just, that's what I'm going to say about that. I, I agree in part with what you're saying. And to step back on like the Kim Potter thing, like I'm not saying she's not culpable. She pulled the trigger. She's, she's fucking, she fucking, there's a gun in her hand. She thought it was a taser. She's responsible I, for that. She is right responsible now. for that. The only one responsible for your error is you. But I would say part of your training should be recognizing that that is something that could happen. Or, you know, the whole sympathetic reactions. That's why you keep your finger off the fucking trigger. Mm -hmm. That all that type of stuff needs to be shit in your head and grain stuff you talk about. And I just think. And I can't speak for anywhere other than the one department I went to. And I felt as years went by and partly probably because of COVID, the training went downhill because I went from being one of these guys because we actually it's not like we go to training more often than you did, but it went downhill and it wasn't we weren't getting the same level of training or we would start doing like dumb shit. And you need you need the reps or, or maybe there's a technique you don't use or there's way too many fucking techniques or, or whatever there is like. I can only speak to my my existence, so to speak, as far as where I've worked and the things that I've seen. But towards the end, we're not doing any of that shit. And this kind of where, where it relays to the last question I wanted to get on. We're can running, I, we're can I interject? Oh, but this oh, you is can fast. No, so, no, go ahead. Interject. So something really funny happened with my department, and you'll appreciate this because you're talking about uh, training getting cut due to COVID and different things. Um, we had training set up and it was our defensive tactics training. I know the syllabus of the training. It was going to be de-escalation training, specific training on how to handle someone who was prone out on their belly and how to keep them under control without putting your knee on their neck. Um, very specific poignant training to what is happening in the world today. And there was also an incredible crime surge. And in order to staff the streets appropriately, the chief made the decision due to the mass exodus that we've had on the department. She's like, you know what? This training is not the state mandated state mandated training. This is training. We do additional. I'm going to cancel this training and everybody's going to be on the street and we're going to try to fight this crime. Well, the day that she made that announcement and that all the training was, was, was canceled was the same day that the mayor held a press conference saying that the DOJ was coming to town to evaluate our training to <laughs> tell us how to be better at what we do. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. So sorry to drag it on, but no, no, it's good because this, the last question that we're going to get to relates to all of this conversation so we can continue it. 
the unpopular opinion they have, and real quick, I, I apologize to everybody. I didn't get to all your questions, but it is what it is. It's my fault. It is your fault. Shut the fuck up. Unpopular opinion. Tiny rule. Part-time departments with no training are bad for the profession. Oh, God. It's a very loaded question. But it riddle is. me this. How many of these tiny part-time departments are on the fucking news all the time? Dude, <clears throat> um, we're on the same page there. I... <laughs> And it kind of goes into what I was just saying that it's about getting the reps. If you're not getting the reps, you're going to fuck up. And uh, you're, you, you said it hundred percent, how many of these part-time rural departments are the ones that are on the news? It's because those guys aren't doing this for a living. They're not doing it all the time and they're not doing it six, eight times a day, or at least with these high pressure situations, seven, eight times a week. Like I am, they've, the when they're on the news, that incident is the first time they've ever dealt with that situation. But um, they're not on the news. Tell me a time where a small rural department oh. like that is on the news. Because well, all I see is big small. city shit. I don't know what big city. Like, well, how big is the suburb where Kim Potter worked? Because that wasn't Minneapolis Police Department. That was a suburb. It was. Um, I'll look it up right now. I would. I would guess it had at least fifty thousand people. Let me see though. Because like, and I've had this conversation with supervisors for small departments that work near me. Um, and they, they kind of agreed with me. And like, I also, I, there's, there's a small jurisdiction very close to where I work that they're part-time and the guys that they get are guys that could not possibly get hired anywhere else. And they do some stupid things. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, okay, so their population is 30,000 people. So okay. not a small rural department. So that's one. Everything else, to, to my opinion, of some of the bigger things that we've seen in the news have been like pretty big departments. Now, I, I want to like really quickly defend myself before we get going too far. I'm not saying like a lack of training is good. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that you see it at all levels. I would argue at some of the smaller places, and I don't know if it was the same guy or another guy, he made a point that if it wasn't for guys on my department that wanted to train us because he worked in a rural sheriff's agency, they wouldn't have training. That's a big fucking problem. No, it is. Because that is going, like you said so eloquently, that's going to be a problem when shit hits the fan because you're not going to know what to do because you don't have the repetition. You haven't been through those things. Because once you've been in a high-stress situation a couple of times, or a couple times a week, you just get better at it and you get more used to it. And you, you know, the, the breathing slows down, your heart rate slows down. You can handle those things. Well, some of us, some people continue to scream on the radio, <laughs> they do. but you do. I mean, you, it's like anything repetition. It's all perishable skills. So I'm not like yeah. saying uh, the point I was trying to make is it, it's all levels of police departments. I mean, look at the New York city police department and I'm not shitting on New York. But there's like, what, how many cops work there? Like 30,000 cops or some crazy yeah, number. It's insane. T tell me those dudes are going to get any bit of adequate training with the amount of guys there are and the resources. They're not. Yeah. And, and you see, unfortunately, some videos coming out of New York where you see some fucking crazy cowboy shit that you would see the same shit out in the country. But I'll also say that per capita with the number of interactions, the number of officers and all that, 
you don't actually see that much stuff coming out of NYPD. They're the size Probably. of they're the size of the next seven departments combined. Like, so you take, um, I don't know, Louisville, Metro, Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, and Chicago, and they might all add up to, they might add up to the size of NYPD. So I think that's something you got to keep in perspective because numbers, I, math. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think I've seen that much stuff out of NYPD that I think is bad. Maybe I'm like not I've, watching everything. And well, and I try not to watch everything. And it's who do I follow on Instagram too? Like I see a lot of videos where it's just crazy NYPD shit. I I don't know. I and again, I'm not like saying all New York cops are like shitty cops and can't shoot or can't do whatever. I'm just I'm pointing out that maybe the training is not the best because there's so many dudes and they well, don't. At, at a scale, it would be very difficult to have a very comprehensive training program for that many officers. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. And yeah. I often get into the debate with people about training on off duty time. What do you think about that? Not a fan. Me neither. Now, I think is, there, there's some responsibility. The or, no, or this you... is this is you. Oh, like doing something extracurricular? Yeah. I don't think it should ever be required, but I think guys should highly consider it. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I I think there's all kinds of shit you can do, you know, whether it's practice you draw in a safe place in your house so you don't fucking blow your your refrigerator away or a door or window or whatever, but you know, practicing that shit. Or, you know, you and a buddy maybe stay late and you know, hey man, I don't I'm not familiar with this technique. Can you help me with it? I'm not saying like all that shit's good. And I'm not saying that the BJJ thing is bad. I don't think that's bad at all either. It's good if you can do it. Like I don't, you know, I don't expect dudes because we're on the planet a short amount of time. Like I think there's an obligation to be the best fucking cop you can because for yourself, your community, but mostly for the people next to you because you got to be there for them. Yeah, I'm all for that shit. And I don't know where I was going with this. Well, you're talking about like just training off duty. There's a balance too. Because <clears throat> like some people think that all cops should be required to go to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And like I think that we also have to keep that balance that yeah, you're a cop, but you're also not a cop sometimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like in order for you to okay, I'll get dark. But in order to keep every cop from not fucking killing themselves, they have to have moments where they're not cops. And yeah. you have to realize that as a society. And like I I train like a motherfucker off duty, but I don't train anything really related to cops, cop work. Um, I stay in shape. Um, I lift weights. I've, let's see, in the last six years, I've put on probably 35 pounds of muscle. Um, I squat over 500 pounds. I did lift over 500 pounds and I bench press over 350 pounds. Um, that's the kind of training that I like to do. It keeps me sane. If, I didn't do that. I wouldn't be as good of a cop as I am today. Does that necessarily transfer directly over to police work? No, like nobody gives a fuck how much you can bench or how much you can squat or how much you can deadlift. That doesn't matter. I'm still, I'm training and I'm working my body and I'm giving my brain a freaking break while I'm doing that. Um, if I didn't do that stuff, I would have a lot more time to do my YouTube channels and take my kids out and, and do stuff. It, it doesn't matter. I, I train. It's not jujitsu. It's not weapons training. 
I can still qualify every year when I go. I can shoot good enough. Yeah, that's my that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I, I don't know. My whole thing is, is it has to be a balance and like everything, everything has to be a balance. But I wanted to jump kind of back on track with, you know, with this guy's point of, you know, all these rule departments make us all look bad. Mm. I think we all make ourselves look bad. We do. It, it's it's not like limited to one, you know, it's all these like small town hillbillies are fucking up all the time. It's that's not necessarily true. I'm not saying they don't need better training. I mean, it's and this is a complex issue, you know, where's funding and all this shit. But guys are really sent out there with in some places with nothing with nothing it's insane i mean i know there's states out there still to this day they will fucking trot you out there and let you be a cop before you pass the academy until the next academy starts that's crazy that's insane is it not fucking insane yeah well and it is and i i think kind of what this guy is getting at is that as a small rural department with a bunch of part-timers, you can't possibly have any kind of training program. Um, I think there needs to be, some of these departments are small. Like if you've got three guys on your department that personally, I don't think that department should exist. If you've got a chief and two part-time guys, I don't think that department needs to exist. That should be handled by the sheriff's department in the County. Um, Regardless of how many national incidents they have, because I've had interactions with those organizations and it's not, it's not good. Like I wouldn't want my wife driving through that area and having a problem and having to have somebody like that respond. I'm sorry, but that's the truth of the matter. I just don't think that you can adequately make good cops in that environment. (laughs) That opens kind of Pandora's box with some other lovely topics. Because obviously the profession isn't perfect. I, I don't think we can, with a straight face, say, yeah, everything about policing is perfect and everything that people are saying, they're completely full of shit. That's yeah. true, but... There's a lot of it that is completely fucking full of shit and it's it's ruined, you know, I, I don't think we need to rehash, you know, 47 other episodes of the podcast about the horse shit that's been cast upon the job, but we're not always helping ourselves out for sure. No. Oh, have you, man, I don't want to open a can, but have you watched that 137 shots on Netflix? No, what's that? It's about the Cleveland pursuit. It's closer to me because I'm more aware of it. It was in 2012. Is it's that the great... one where they like jumped on the car and were like, yes, I, I didn't realize there was a documentary about that. I'm going to have to watch that. You have to watch it. Cause you're talking about how we haven't always helped ourselves. Um, there was so many mistakes made in that pursuit. Um, so many failures and so many bad calls that led to the final result. And I'm not going to necessarily, I'll let you make your own judgment on the guy who jumped up on the hood of the car and fired 49 rounds. There was a lot of bad calls that were made up until that point. And the way some of the people tried to defend those bad calls was disgraceful um like you'll see a there's a point where they ask this one sergeant would you have done anything differently if you had it to do over and she looks at the camera well she doesn't look at the camera she looks at the interview and she's like no i wouldn't do anything differently and i'm like 
that was an absolute fucking shit show of a pursuit. You wouldn't have done anything differently, like nothing. Like I can tell you that of the runs that I've had that have gone absolutely amazingly and like almost perfect, exactly the way I would want it to go. There's still something I would have changed. And when you look at that, where you had a, a, a two people in a car that were accused of firing a weapon at a police officer, and it was proven that there was never a weapon involved. And you're saying I would not have changed anything. You're not being honest and you're not helping our profession by making that statement. Yeah, that one was, that. wasn't it proven that it was like car backfired or something like that? Yes. And that was another one of those ones where I've been in this situation. I'm not trying to open a whole can where an officer gets on the air screaming and you should probably take into account what officer it is that's screaming and maybe question the, the, that's what I'm looking for, validity of what he's saying. And that from what I understand, he was one of those officers. He was screaming that he was being shot at and it was proven that it was a backfire. Why did, did, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but why did the car run? Is there any information why they ran? Yep. It's all in the video. Do you okay. want me to tell you now or do you want to watch? No, nah, I mean, I'm going to watch this. This could be actually be a, a good thing to discuss later on on the podcast. Yeah. One of my buddies asked me to watch it and asked me if I would do a video about it. And I don't know that I can adequately cover it in a video. I think it needs to be kind of like a format like this, where you got a couple guys really talking about the nuts and bolts of what happened. It was an absolute shit show. Hey, you want to come back in April and we'll talk about this fucking video? Because <laughs> we are fucking, we're into like probably hour three by now and we we're haven't even hit the topic of the podcast. A couple minutes short of hour three. Okay. So let's, let's get to the future of law enforcement. Do, Do you, you have, we're still listening at this point? I don't care. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think not to like toot my own horn, but I think, Sometimes when you get like involved in a, in a podcast and then by this time I've edited out the dumb stuff I've said probably sounds a whole lot better. Not the dumb um, stuff I've said though. I think you, no, I'm going to just keep in everything dumb. You invited <laughs> me at the very beginning and I'm, I'm very upset about that, but I, I think you just kind of get involved in something and you just kind of keep going. I don't know. It, sure. I know some people have said, Hey, I really like the hour and a half to two hour podcast, anything longer, I lose attention. But then some people are like, dude, do fucking five hour ones because, you know, I'm a narc or I have a long drive or whatever. And they like listening to it. So I can't, I can't possibly make everybody happy. And we probably yeah. offended a whole lot of people along the way. Like you, 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 you kind of defended Kim Potter. I don't think she's a bad person. I don't think she was the greatest cop ever, but if, if you want my opinion, I made a whole 30 minute video about it. Yeah, you can go watch it. Thoughts of a patrol officer. That's right. What's your outlook on law enforcement? <sighs> the future of law enforcement? Is it positive or negative or somewhere in between? Um, well, there's a lot of facets to law enforcement. My, my opinion on the future of public opinion towards law enforcement is that it's going to start swinging back hard. Um, I think that in the not too distant future, cops are going to be asked and even demanded that they get out there and start busting balls again. And like, I'm, when I say that, I'm talking about like hitting the pavement, working hard to do a lot of proactive things to keep crime down. 
um that is that's actually we're being told not to do that right now and i think that is going to change in a very strong sense in the near future if that makes any sense as far as like reforms and stuff a lot of people are asking for reform and they don't know what the hell they're asking for and i i think some of it's ill-advised and it's not going to come to fruition so well hold on a second though hold your horses some of that ill-advised reform has already come true in places like illinois washington colorado all these places that's and this isn't true everywhere else but this is where i'm i'm at with all of that is perhaps things will start to swing but things aren't going to change until the law changes or at least in Colorado, the law was very poorly written. Like I wrote it poorly made police law. <laughs> and it, just some of it, you read it and you're, it leaves more questions than answered. And, you know, our thought on it is like, well, unfortunately some dudes are going to have to fucking go through the ringer and make case mm-hmm. law on this new state law, even though we had case law before and all these precedents, you know, the whole de-escalation thing. We've been doing that shit for yeah. years. For years. Look, uh, this is going to sound fucked it, up. but No one I, does it better than cops. I'll say that. Cops could shoot. This is going to, I don't give a fuck. Cops probably could shoot thousands more people each year based on the way laws are written in certain states than they do. Yeah, and be justified. And be totally justified. I was in one of those situations. I've been in a few. Totally justified. You de-escalate. You don't shoot them. Sometimes you have no other choice. And it, yeah. it is what it is. And I'm not saying there's not ever a bad shooter or whatever. But I'm just saying that's kind of the way things are. And people, oh, or you guys are just out to go kill people. No, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. I want to go fucking home. And you place cops in impossible situations on a daily basis. Because people don't know how to fucking act. But my point in all this is some of these places that, hey, we need, we need law enforcement. We need to be proactive. We need to start arresting people. A, because of this ill-advised reform, they can't. And B, it doesn't matter because they could lock up as many people as they fucking want. They're just going to get let right out. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. Well, that stuff will catch up too. I, I it will eventually. Um, I feel strongly about that. And I made a video, I released it today about the juveniles that are just getting caught. It's just catching release for juveniles. Um, one of those juveniles killed a police officer in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and it was a real shame that she was arrested as many times as she was for violent offenses and that they continued to give her probation every single time. I think we're going to see that stuff swimming back too. Like in the long run, in the near term, I mean, I, I'm talking about 10 years out. I think even those laws that were poorly written in, in uh, Colorado, they're going to make their way back. We had, a, we had a really poorly written law in Ohio that got changed before it was actually effective based on our feedback. The law was that we could not place in handcuffs a visibly pregnant woman. Oh, I remember that. Did you, were you aware of that? Yeah, I remember reading Um, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, the whole law was written 
and it was supposed to be towards uh uh jails and prisons or something but the way it was written it applied to us as well so it wasn't even just visibly if if we if we believed somebody was pregnant or if somebody told us they were pregnant that we could not cuff them so like even a girl who is like mr period by two weeks says i might be pregnant we were technically not allowed to handcuff them um that actually got amended before it became effective so at least in ohio there's there's some decency happening and i, I think it's all gonna get flipped i think a lot of these uh politicians i, I think we're gonna see it nationwide a lot of these like extreme anti-police politicians that people that rode the wave that got elected in and we're doing all this crazy stuff. I think a lot of that's going to get reversed. I think you're right. I think there's going to be a swing the next few elections, but what I'm really afraid of, and I'm already starting to see it and I'm going to avoid politics, but I'll just say this. I think for years on either side of the aisle, there's been these dumb things that people get caught on that it just doesn't really matter. Or it's like, it's not worth the fight. Like, it's a fundamental thing to whatever side. And it's not like, it's just a ridiculous fight in these times. And I think the, the, the right, the Republicans have kind of, I think they see the writing on the wall. I, I don't know what could happen right now. That would change the reverse of the tide. People are just fucking fed up with everything, but they're starting to like, I start to see like these little dots of like, well, we're going to deal with this and this and this. And I'm like, we've been dealing with this. Like, for 20 years like let's stop whatever's done is done with this like we need to stop and like focus on the future kind of thing i'm afraid that whatever momentum is built is just going to get flip-flopped i'm just i think we're just going to kind of keep doing this flip-flop thing for the next 20 to 50 years until i don't know what happens and i have a like i have a super negative view about everything going on and and i guess my mind just goes to the worst possible place instead of thinking like oh it's gonna get better and yeah then i also wonder that it's kind of that old thing right where every generation thinks the time they live in is the fucking absolute worst and we're about to hit the apocalypse yeah and well part of your outlook is it's kind of obvious because if you thought that everything was going to swing back in the other direction in a reasonable amount of time you would have stayed where you are where you were um it what that just shows is that your outlook is a certain way so you're going to be biased towards certain perceptions bias um, no one is ever biased about everything anything <laughs> how dare you sir i may have used that on purpose um and me i might be a l- little bit more optimistic because i'm still here you're a crazy motherfucker by the way anyway I, i've been accused of more of worse but uh yeah, well, and then if you look through history, we've been through this before. Um, you know, there were riots like this in the 70s. Um, like our our society was in complete moral decline and you know, all the 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 crazy orgies and whatever was happening. I don't even I don't even know. Like I don't <laughs> think I'm mature enough to discuss some of the things that happened in the 70s. But the, those things all kind of swing back and we had this the Reagan era that was extremely conservative. I think it's a fair statement to say that things swung back, you know, and then, then you had the, the Clinton years because Reagan was super conservative. The Clinton years were not, 
I mean, you had a president getting his dick sucked in the Oval Office and people were defending him publicly. Um, Allegedly. No, I'm pretty sure that was. No, that never happened. It was was something else. No, it was whether or not he lied about it and could be impeached for the lie. It was proven that he got his dick sucked. But anyway, and then I I don't think a sitting president would do that at all. Yeah. You know what? You're right. They're above that. Yeah, they haven't Bill killed Clinton anybody. Definitely above that, and and he didn't. Um, they haven't suicide. They haven't suicided a bunch of people. But anyway, or ride ride in a pedophile airplane. But anyway, after that was George Bush was back to the conservative sweep, and then back to the Obama, which is back to the so. I think these things are. It's just the ebb and flow that's natural, and it just seems like it's more intense now because you're experiencing it for the first time because you weren't old enough back then. But how old do you think I am, man? 36. I probably said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I voted uh, in several of these elections. I've been, you know, over 18 for a while. I know, but you weren't specifically impacted by the decisions back then. You weren't. You, weren't you know what's funny? You've only been I, caught. You were caught for eight years. Okay. Okay. 10 years. Fucking no, but I'm saying comparing sizes. I know I'm mm-hmm. lying smaller. Okay. But what I'm saying though is so look at I remember uh when Obama ran the first time. I remember talking to my boss and say, you know, I don't necessarily like the guy, but man, this could really heal race relations. And it I not. may have been wrong about that. <laughs> um, is that the guy that said that uh Trayvon Martin could have been his son and that uh when officers were responding to a call about a burglar in progress, he said that they acted stupidly by detaining the that person was the, who was the main suspect. I, that was the start of everything, by the way. <laughs> that was that moment in time was the start of everything. Oh, good night. Um, you know what's my favorite is that George Zimmerman is often referred to, like in all these conversations about police re- brutality. They talk about Trayvon Martin. Yeah. George Zimmerman was a fucking Blocker. a fucking like a what a night watch captain or something. Yeah. A, a, a citizen. An overzealous block watch. Exact block watch. There you go. Or whatever they fucking call him anymore. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. But Which those people are crazy. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about, about the future of law enforcement. What do you think about the future law enforcement officers? What type of people do you think are going to be attracted to this field? Do you think it's going to be the same type of people or are the people that wear the uniform starting to change? Well, the people wearing the uniform are starting to change mostly because the people of the age that become police officers are different than they used to be. Um, The people who were you heard it here first. (laughs) I mean, it's fucking profound. I know, but yeah, I mean, every generation is different, and they're all like, I don't, "What fucking generation are we on right now?" Anyway, that's like twenty-one. I think it's still the Z's. Gen that's Z. bullshit. That's dumb. That's lazy. It is is. ever going to be a Z from now on because we ran out of letters? No, there's actually a new one. I found out like my older kids are considered Gen Z, but my youngest ones are something else. Let me see here. Generation Alpha. They're going back. Oh God, that's stupid. Yeah. I don't. I don't agree to these rules. I'll just live by them. But uh, no, I the the people who apply for this job are going to be this. They're going to think that they're the same people that that applied for it now. Um, 
they're going to be like the alpha personalities and you know you, you got that that mix you got the guys that think that they're heroes the guys that think that they're freaking commandos um and then you got like we had a couple people in my academy class that legitimately said i got this job because i want to help children and i want to be a role model those are the people that didn't actually make it through either the academy or through coaching um but all those people why do you guys call it apply. coaching by the way it's fucking field training you fucking weirdos because coaching it's you know what's funny is they're all called ftos and it's called fto phase but i call them coaches it is what it is i don't know it's because we're on this side of the mississippi and we call it that but i do think that people that are trying to become cops now are for lack of a ter- better term a little bit more soft um <laughs> and it's it's going to be harder for them i'll just put it that way they're going to have to learn they're going to have to learn that they thought that they weren't going to be like me you know what i mean like they're they're like i'm not going to be like that guy i'm going to come about the job and i'm going to do this and blah 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 it's going to be unicorns and rainbows and no it's it's not like there's there's still going to be a day where that one guy you're going to have to punch him in the face and those people are going to have to come to that just that place where they're able to do that um it's just going to it's going to take them harder and they're going to get beat up in the process that's it let me ask you this you are older than me apparently <laughs> allegedly sure it's the only reason you have a better mustache age a couple I've more had it for, i've had it for 10 years you just told me some of your partners you didn't always have a mustache but anyway it's cool i'm not worried about it <laughs> i had a beard before do you think that well, let me ask you this. What is your opinion as being a little bit older and a little bit different generation than me? Because um, I assume that you are a, a uh, Gen X. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was born in the 70s. Boomer alert. Do you, what do you think about cops now with the big emphasis on mental health? Do you think that's a soft thing or do you think that's something that's been ignored for years? No, I don't think it's soft at all. I don't know that there's a big emphasis on mental health right now. Um, Are you insane? Are you? Well, on the I'm talking ever? about. I'm not talking about the internet. I'm talking about what I deal with in my daily life. I okay. see the internet, um, I, but that's not where most cops are in real life. You know, I don't. I don't think it's soft at all. I. I was. I was legitimately thinking about this topic. I knew it was going to come up when I was talking to you because I. I kind of know how you think. Um, you just know everything about me. You're not my dad. You're kind of easy to read. What can I say? Because I'm an open book. You are. Well, and you 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 legitimately make you editorialize about making sure people seek mental health. And I've listened to your podcast. I, I don't think there's anything. I don't think that stigma. What am I even? I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> to be honest, I'm trying to think of how I was going to frame this. Um, some guys, some guys here, here's what I'm going to say. Some guys need to seek uh, professional help. Some guys don't. If you seek professional help, it's not because you're soft. When, when I'm at work, I'm kind of a specialist in dealing with people with mental illness, um, on the street. I'm really good at it. Um, I've got a really good eye for it and a good mind for it. I've come to realize that the difference between people who struggle with things and the people that don't is kind of their brain chemistry and like i I might not agree with that statement more 
yeah, like I might see something and it might be horrible or it might be terrifying, whatever it is for me personally, this is who I am. I'm able to forget that pretty quickly. Um, it just, I just do, I don't process it. Um, some people will say that that's not healthy. Some, I don't, I don't really give a fuck. That's how I deal with things. There's other people who that thought goes in one ear and it's bouncing around in their head and they can't possibly get it out the other fucking side. And it's not because there's, they're soft. It's just, that's the way their brain is wired. It has a different map in there. And in order to get that thought out of their head or in order to properly digest it, they need a little bit of help. And it's not weakness to do that. It's just that you're different. Um, there's some people that can run faster than me. I accept the fact that I'll never be able to run as fast as that person. I might process difficult situations more efficiently than some people. That doesn't make me better than them. It just means that that is one aspect that I'm particularly strong at and that I don't need as much help. If that makes any sense at all, I'm trying to say no, that in a way that doesn't. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And you brought up a really important point that. Uh, was brought to my attention by somebody that sent me a message and, and I will address this down the line in more detail, but you are absolutely right. You know, I preach mental health and, and go and seek treatment. I've never seen a therapist. I probably should have, but I, I haven't, but some guys don't need that. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's all about how you're wired and how your chemistry is. And, you know, we were talking a couple of podcasts ago about nineties cop and nineties cop and eighties cop, like, you know, Nobody go into a fucking therapist, but then there's also, and then there's, I want to tie this into another thing real quick is, you know, there's, and I make memes about it. So I'm, I'm guilty as fuck about this, but you know, we kind of joke like, well, it's because of you guys beating the fuck out of people back in the day that we're dealing with all of this stuff, which is not necessarily true. A lot of the things that we're falling, I mean, there's maybe some historical things, but a lot of the shit that's happened is recent shit. That's brought change, whatever that looks like. But the point I wanted to make is, Things were just different, a different mindset, a different, you look at everything, you know, we, we look at everything in a historical context now, like, you know, we're tearing down statues and cause we want to forget about history. And, you know, that's definitely not how you repeat it or anything, but everything that happened in the past, right or wrong, the worldview was different. I mean, tell me anybody with that's been alive for 20 years that remembers being alive Things have changed a lot in 20 years. Mindsets, you know, what we consume via media, food, even shit changes and things change. You may, I might say something on this podcast tonight that I think is totally fine and acceptable in a month, five years, something may happen or, Hey, that is not something that's okay to even think or say, which is a whole nother debate for a different yeah. time, but it's a thing. So I, I think that's something we have to recognize too, is while nineties cop was beating the, and I'm not, I'm not saying beating people is uh, under the fourth amendment, a legal thing. And it never has been a legal thing, but it was a different time. And I think it was kind of understood in some places. Like if I run, I'm going to get my ass beat. Oh yeah, it was. I'm not advocating. We should go back to that. Like, and that's the thing that pisses me off too, is, some people say, oh, the guys that want the good old days, they just want to be able to beat the fuck out of people. No, I just want to be able to arrest bad people and put them in jail. You can't even mm -hmm. do that anymore. 
the good old days were fucking a, two years ago now. Eh, maybe, maybe a little, little bit further. Little okay. further. I, I told a story in a video. I can't remember if it's if the video is live or not. Might be the one I put out today. I arrested a kid who was 16 or 17 years old three times in a two-week period in stolen cars. And each time I was taken, I had to take him to a place where he was given a court date and released immediately. That kind of thing shouldn't happen. So, and that was probably five, six years ago. That's fair. But that is fair. Yeah. But But I I, mean, it it has gotten considerably worse. Yeah. Yeah. Not conservative, consistently or significantly. I say considerably. But oh, I considerably. Don't, I thought you yeah, said conservatively. Anyway. No, anyway. Carry on. I've I've learned that what I say out loud doesn't say seem the same in my head. Like I've learned I say other really strangely. Like I don't I don't put enough O into it. Other. Interesting. Other. It's probably because I'm missing the love of my father. But anyway, <laughs> buddy, we've been talking for a long fucking time. So we're gonna wrap yeah. this shit up. Longer than it I was thought. a good it was a good talk. We talked about a lot of fucking shit. We probably upset a lot of people. And sometimes it's okay to be upset because it makes you think. I've said it a million times. I'm not always right about everything. We all just have our own opinions. It's not like, And that's that's why I have this little disclaimer. Like, don't fucking go to your watch commander and say, hey, this guy that does a podcast in his basement told me to do something. It may not work out for you too well. That's funny. I think Unless, I think I do have a good, part where you tell people to take reports more often than not. No, that's a good thing. Do that. It's good do advice. That. Um, I mean, I think I got a pretty good head on my shoulders, but I'm not fucking right about everything. I know that for sure. Good buddy. We kind of covered some of my normal questions over the course of time. Two things I need to know. What is the greatest police car of all time? Well, it's got to be the Crown Vic, right? So you were talking earlier and it kind of concerned me that you weren't a big uh, Crown Vic kind of guy, but it is Crown Vic. Are you saying that just to make me feel good, or are you saying no, the Crown Vic? Vic is a beautiful thing? I have many. I've had many great memories in a Crown Vic. They are gorgeous. You guys they still are. have them, right? We have some in like the reserve fleet. Or if I go down and I really want to get one, I can. I can get one. That's beautiful. That really is. I would be down there every day, avoiding cars, calls, and pursuits. <laughs> get my Crown Vic. Yeah, I'll be on a detail to go get a Crown Vic. I'm pretty oh. sure I was in a Crown Vic in that pursuit that I told you about earlier. Beautiful. Do you have a word of the day for everybody listening to the podcast? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. It should be oh, shit. <laughs> if you can sneak that in. Sure. There All right. Go. I like it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so if you can sneak that into a report, good on you. And then. Oh, God. Well, hey, in a report over the radio, all that good stuff. Don't get fired because of me, though. <laughs> Last but not least, old Ben, Obi-Wan, do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of people that are still tuned into this three-hour long podcast? Oh, man. I had so many earlier, and now I'm completely void of intelligent thought. The one thing I would say is like you mentioned, oh, here's a word of wisdom. For um, I was going to say this earlier, for all cops and new cops out there, I didn't learn this until I was on my fourth phase of field training, also known as coaching in some environments. <laughs> that, and I, I was going to make a video about this topic. I still will. Um, when I would walk up to a call, I was always thinking, okay, I have a report. So I have a, an admin page. I have a victim and I have a suspect. 
So the first person I want to talk to is going to be my victim because that in the, comes up in the report first. So I started walking into groups of people saying, hey, who's the victim? This is when I was brand new. And it was amazing. <laughs> people who weren't even involved with the call <laughs> were like jumping over bars and like falling off of balconies, being like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm not kidding. So then my coach, my FTO, my field training officer had to pull me aside. And he was like, hey, what you're doing is okay. But what I like to do is I take every run as it comes. So I walk up to the first person I see that looks like they want to talk to me. And I say, tell me what's going on. So that would be the best piece of advice that I ever learned when I was on FTO phase is instead of asking people like specific questions, I just walk up to every single person I meet when I'm on a dispatch run. And I say, tell me what's going on or tell me what happened. And I leave it at that. And then that's how I get everything. So there's a little nugget. There's a little butt McNugget for sure. you. Yeah. Well, pal, I appreciate the uh, all the time you gave me. I hope you guys got something out of it, even if you disagreed with something we said. At least it kind of got your mind kind of clicking and open to things. I mean, me and you disagreed on several of these things here, and I still like you. So You know, I'm kind of surprised that we disagreed when we did, because listening to you as often as I do, we really think a lot along the same lines. I think um, we're still on the same page. I, th I just think that... Well, that's kind of the point. Different can, definitions. Yeah, we can we can disagree on the nuance of things, but we're all we're still on the same page. And that's how I think Americans should all act. And we're not in that place right now. We'll talk about that next time we get together. And then real quick before we go and get to my ending spiel here, how can all the people on the internet machine find you? Well, if you're on the internet machine and you have a YouTube account, you can go to should be able to search thoughts of a patrol officer and that'll bring you to my youtube channel i also have a facebook page that kind of exists but i'm not super active and i have a uh, discord that you can find in the uh what do you call that the description of every single video that i post so that's where you can find me sounds good if uh you find people want to support my podcast you all know how to do it click on that button at the end of here on the end of here click on that button at the end of the podcast description and you can become a monthly donor. It helps me keep the lights on down here in the sex dungeon. So I can keep making you podcast, go buy some poorly made police memes, merch. And of course, take care of the fine, fine sponsors of this podcast. With that said, I love most of you. Bye-bye. <laughs>